everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And, you know, a reminder, it's not a spoiler-free podcast. So as we cover this episode, we could mention stuff that comes up in future episodes, and that's how it works. It's not spoiler-free. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my adventurous co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? I'm good. Um, Yeah, last episode. So the adventure is on. Sure is. Sure is. And you kind of teased it there. We are covering season three, episode 17, which is in fact the season three finale. It's called The Last Summer Ever. Originally aired May 23rd, 2001. It was directed by Tony Bill and written by Jennifer Levin and Josh Rimes. And this is the first uh, season finale not written by J.J. Abrams. Hmm. And here's the episode description. The third season concludes as Noel prepares for graduation and a new job in Seattle. With his departure imminent, Felicity struggles to accept that their friendship may be over. Meanwhile... Ben gets a letter that casts doubt on his summer plans with Felicity and Sean and Megan argue over where to spend their summer break. Not mentioned (laughs) in the episode description is Ruby's baby. Well, and everything with Elena. Um, My goodness. What do these episode description people have against Elena is what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Did they just, like, not watch her scenes? <laughs> <laughs> They're just told ahead of time that she hasn't been cast in anything. Uh, you know. Yes, and they just sort of believe it. Um, but no, she finally, finally has been cast in a storyline. So come on, people. I figure know. it out. Kind of a big one, but it's fine. We'll talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Fish. Yes. Where do you where do you want to start with this? I feel like pretty much we've got it down to starting at the beginning. Okay. That feels right. <laughs> that feels we, right. We've now really started uh started at the beginning a number of times. It's probably how we're gonna continue because they have begun, you know, just to mesh everybody together so much that it's hard to yeah, it feels like that's a sort of a, a season three thing, especially, um, you know, it felt a lot easier to do d- tracking different storylines in season one, but that doesn't really seem like a thing anymore. Mm. Um, well, we open up with classical music. Do, 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 do. Anyway, so. I, uh, I got that. Um, okay. I didn't pay much attention to the music throughout, but. Uh, yeah, uh, it was pretty much pretty bland music. Um, yeah, well, I was, it's a good thing you had different music than I did, because uh, I was like, Fisher's going to hate this. It was this whole, uh, like, do, 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 and then there's these voice in the back. Oh, oh it was, goodness. it was a lot. Um, <laughs> wow. I mean, you, I agree. I would have hated that. I hate that, that you're doing it right now. So it's you're right. It's sort of like was a device that kind of underscored certain parts of the episode. Like there's a, there's sort of like a coming back to the, the idea that happens 
like a th- three quarters or two thirds of the way through the episode where they open and then they come back to that same scene later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they use that music to underpin in, in all of those moments. But that music actually went through a couple different scenes here in the beginning where the first thing we see is Noel in front of a mirror wearing his graduation gown and um and and he's like you know fixing it up and making sure it looks right and then we're hearing that music and a voiceover from him at least the start of it where he's leaving a tape to felicity and saying goodbye yeah i thought it, there were a lot of voiceovers there's a lot during of this episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um because they were doing the Dear Sally thing, but it was a Dear Felicity this time, which was okay for me because Felicity is actually on the show. Um, <laughs> I worked. And it was kind of an interesting hearkening back to the device they used to use while making it actually appropriate for the cast <laughs> that they have hired. Um, <laughs> Correct. Correct. So there's that. We, we got to see it. And it just, I don't know. He looks so young. Mm-hmm. as he's putting this on like more so than he has in a while okay. i think um but yeah it's a nice i don't even know if it's a royal blue color but yeah it's a nice color for a graduation gown i was wondering because i don't remember i know that we had gowns in high school did we have gowns in college we did, but I do not remember exactly what the color was. I remember wearing them and I have a picture of Somewhere. me wearing one <laughs> and I can't remember the color. Okay. I so, do remember that our sweet mates, we like, we had on our, on the top of our caps, some of us put like, we've safety pin like a little, um, one of our friends who does psychology had like a little tiny, like finger puppet Freud. And I think I had a finger <laughs> puppet beeper, beaker. Um, I feel like there were a few of us who had bangs on our cap. So we definitely had a cap and gown. Okay. I don't remember it, but you know, that's par for the course with me. That's how it works. Well, mm-hmm. so this uh, music is going to continue as we shift away from a rather quick beginning of a voiceover from Noel, we shift to Felicity talking to Pavone. And she has started smoking again. Pavone has indeed started smoking again. Um, Felicity is now speaking, but it's not voiceover. She's actually talking to Pavone. She's just talking about, you know, college. It's cruel, man. (laughs) It's just mean. It's incredible, but it's mean. You meet all these people. They're so great. They're your friends. And then graduation comes and yanks you away. Um, (laughs) I know. I was just, I was like listening to it. And I'm like, wait, it's cruel because it ends. Is that the point here? And it's like, yeah, that seems to be the point. Yeah. And I love, (laughs) I just love Pavone's response here. She's like, hon, hate to break it to you. But life ends as well. Like life outside of college ends too. Yeah. Yeah. That's dark, Pavone. <laughs> no. Like, is that a thing a therapist would say? Like, wow. 
Yeah. Talk about <laughs> Talk about a shock to the system. Yeah. It does not seem comforting. Um, but Felicity took it in stride. She's just like, yeah, I know. I mean, it's like, you're, you know, your friends are leaving. You're, you're not going to be friends anymore. But, oh, let me remind you, sometimes they die. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And Felicity is like, <laughs> change course. She's like, <laughs> I just, I thought Noel and I would be friends. Like, I just thought we'd be friends long term. <laughs> her, it's her. The angst is so generalized with her in this session. She's really, it's so generalized that thank God Pavone's there because she's actually like Felicity is really annoying in this episode because she's so like, but it just should be fine. And you're like, but hon, no. <laughs> Like, yeah, I was really it's... happy for Pavone in this episode because Pavone comes in at some key moments as Emma's like, oh, have you thought about your role in this? Or mm-hmm. have you mm-hmm. thought about this bigger picture? And like, she says those things at the right moment and Felicity actually kind of hears them. <laughs> and uh, it takes an entire episode to shift her from this like... um. Life isn't great, but it should be great because I want it to be great to like, I don't know. By the end of the episode, she seems more functional. Yeah. I mean, we only get to like the third stage of grief that they talk about. Um, But like, you know, acceptance. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, you know, by the end of the episode, I think one may be left to to wonder. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, are are we gonna have to like go through this cycle again at some point? Um, but yeah, yeah, we get all of that stuff with the music underpinning it, and I guess, and then the music ends before we go into the Felicity and Ben scene. So I guess for me, the music is meant to tie the Noel staring into the mirror and Felicity and Pavone talking together, and I guess ah. that's fair because. Noel is talking about Noel. Yeah, he's the guy she's writing about, and he's saying goodbye. And um, so that's our setup. I mean, it only sets (laughs) up actually a very little bit of what's going to happen in this episode. But there it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and you know, then then we're just gonna see the next setup. So mm-hmm. now that Felicity has, you know, fully turned down, you know, I'm not going to go to Seattle with Noel. Mm-hmm. We walk in and Ben's got this bright yellow note. And he's talking to someone on the phone saying, yeah, sorry, can't make it. And Felicity's standing right there listening. Um, and he like hides it. And I'm like, oh no, like, this can't be good like in terms i mean i'm just like he's hiding it so like whatever is going to happen you know it's going to come out and it's going to derail whatever's happening so i'm like now i really don't care about acadia national park because you're never going there okay so that like, is it's not happening <laughs> that was clear for you up front well felicity yes, is going to it. we're in the loft and felicity's 
Felicity enters the scene because she wants to show camping gear to Ben. Like you said, they're planning to do a summer in Acadia National. Well, they're think she wants to do a summer in Acadia National yeah. Park. I was gonna say she has an idea. Yeah, Ben has not been uh, filled in. Yeah, she's got all this gear. He's like, so you've decided and you bought it? <laughs> and she's like, no, I I rented it. I can return it. It's fine. Um, not rented, borrowed. Oh, it's but not, borrowed, whatever. There's no, uh, there's there, no money was outlaid. Yeah. So, although like borrowed, I mean, it's gonna stay at the loft for the entire summer, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> okay then. Good to know. <laughs> I'm right. I mean, like, I don't see anybody ever returning it. I mean, I assume she would. Does she? I don't know. Hard to say. And we don't see her return it, but she seems like the kind of person who would return it. I guess it's not like a huge plot point. So <laughs> I'm glad they didn't spend time with her like going to return the gear. Right. When that would have, there was a lot of stuff in this episode that we actually really needed to see. So, okay. Fair point. <laughs> I've talked myself out of it. Um, Noel is going to arrive into this scene and boy, is it awkward. Oh my God. Yeah, um, <laughs> he just sort of walks by and is not really talking and, you know, um, but we do find out that Ruby's coming in for graduation. Sure is. Her flight's been delayed, but she is coming in. Uh-huh. Ben cannot make eye contact with Noel. Felicity is just, it's just weird. It's no awkward. moodily walks off. Yes. And then and Ben then... says something that I think we kind of needed to know. It's exposition without being exposition. He says, he's been weird since you said no to Seattle, which means yeah. Ben is not aware of anything else that happened with Noel. Yeah. I mean, he was weird probably for a different reason. Yeah, but might have right. been because he kissed Felicity and Felicity rebuffed him and he was like, I have feelings for you. And Felicity was like, but you're my friend and just my friend. <laughs> None of that has entered Ben's orbit. No, <laughs> it has not. Um, and um, <clears throat> and we hear it directly from Felicity to Dr. Pavone uh-huh. saying, I haven't told Ben. And the music has begun again, by the way, at this point. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, this they didn't definitely... want the music for the Ben stuff. They just wanted it back for Pavone now. Yeah, I think I would have noticed it by this point if uh, if it had been annoying to me. So, okay. good thing. Um, and Pavone is just like, interesting. And Felicity reminds her of Dr. Pavone's terrible advice of, you know, don't tell Ben. Um, but in a nicer, like she said it the, in a different way. Yeah, the frat guy situation, the old yeah. Randy situation, yeah. She's like, remember, kindness is better than honesty? And Pavone's like, yeah, 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 I did say that. But I'm going to kind of walk it back now and ask, uh, you know, why? Why mm-hmm. are you not telling Ben? Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, I, first of all, didn't mean anything. Except yeah. it meant a lot, Felicity. It meant a lot, Felicity. Uh, well, it didn't mean anything 
to her other than, oh, shit. She's like, it's just like Avery. You know, I wish I didn't know. And and Ben would hate Noel forever. Yeah. And then Pavone's like, and why does all this matter? Because didn't you just start by telling me the friendship is over? So why does Ben hating Noel matter if Noel's out of your life? And she just, you know, Felicity admits, I I just can't believe our friendship is really over. I mean, she full on denial. I guess this kind of reminded me that last bit of the exchange kind of reminded me of when Pavone was helping Felicity work through stuff about her parents. And um, she she's like, I just that, you know, when she was like, I, I don't understand what happened. And Pavone's like, I thought you said it was because of you because she had said that at the beginning of the conversation. So like Felicity will plant these ideas, but by the time Pavone takes her through a series of questions, she ends up like kind of reversing the logic of her position. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of felt shades of that here. Um Different situations, but... Yeah, because she starts out with, like, college is so cruel. Noel is going to leave me, and we're not going to be friends anymore. And then she ends up saying, I don't believe the friendship's over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're the next scene we get to, we're going to get a little bit more music underpinning it. And this is, as much as you may have hated it, or I don't know if you heard it, was the music from the the episode the force that you loved so much the that magic definitely one was was not the same music we had different music okay so which is really weird to me because the music in the dvd is like proprietary felicity music it's not like um catchy or maybe i just didn't pop know artists yeah. well maybe that's the thing is i just didn't notice a lot of the music because it was so it's it's a little generic blah. sounding the, the music, the background of this is, uh, I'm going to attempt to do, do, do it out again. Um, it's like, do, 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 And in oh, the fourth. Yeah, very well could have done that. I thought you were saying it was the, like, really annoying Ruby Noel music. No, it wasn't the piano music. Okay. Um, it was, it was sort of like, uh, but I re- I specifically remember that music in the force. And I think it was meant to sort of have a little bit of a magical feel to it for whatever reason, they decided that this scene was where <laughs> they wanted to reprise it. So, um, we're at the loft, Noel answers the door and Ruby and her baby Eva have arrived. So it's not Lauren and it's not Avery. It's Eva. And Ruby is wearing this fantastic red top. She looks amazing. She's like, here's my cute baby. And then comes in and just like full on kisses Noel. Yeah. Like, on the lips. Really like, kisses him. And he doesn't pull away. But then no. at the end of that kiss, it was a little like I could see the question marks all over Noel's face. Yeah. It's like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> right because it's like later he has to ask like are you not still with wade um it's it's like um it really is a what's happening moment because the way ruby goes in for the kiss seems so natural like it almost yeah. seems like you could have put this as a scene back in season two if eva wasn't in her 
because you know it wasn't with her Mm -hmm. um it seemed like we're just like right back to when they were dating and she felt very comfortable and natural about giving him a kiss and not even a peck like a long enough kiss where you're like this oh she are they what have they been talking what's like it makes you feel like you've missed something happening in the background as an audience member um and but then when she pulls away from it and you can see the question marks on Noel's face because he's thinking all the things I was I think um yeah to me it was it seemed like he was starting to think well maybe I do have some residual feelings for Ruby here um Hmm. But they sit down on the couch together and Ruby stands up and I was just like, that body did not give birth like what, 20 some months ago, like no way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but she says to him, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Like, you know, I've wanted to come out for a while. So clearly they have been communicating. I and don't she know if said, that's for sure. I think she's been she's she does say that she's been wanting to visit she says that noel knows that she's been wanting to come out for a while yeah yeah i don't i don't know i mean i think if they've been in communication there's a lot of basics that have been unsaid um like she uh you know he's asking her very basic questions about being a mom like you know, how, how is it being a mom? And she's like kind of answering it in a general way, you know, like it's a lot of work, but it's the best, no regrets. Um, I don't feel, I feel like they would have had this conversation already. I mean, I don't, I don't think they've had deep conversations. I think, you know, it's more like maybe they've been shooting each other some emails or just checking in and she's like, Hey, can I come out for whatever? And he's like, no, don't do that. Um, because he's been in Felicity mode. Uh, And you can- Yeah, but I mean, even the fact that she says here that like this is where she confirms that she's not with Wade anymore. And Noel didn't know that. She's like, you know, I give him credit. He came out to Colorado. He tried, but it didn't work. Um, I just, it seems like even if they had been emailing, at least one of these things should have come up, you know? I mean- just kind of depends on what like how much communication they'd had like I don't think it was I mean she was a new mother mm-hmm. right and she was trying to make it work with someone else and he's there you know pining over Felicity I mean yeah. I have a feeling they weren't that there wasn't a lot of time and there wasn't a lot of uh maybe effort put into mm-hmm. their communication but it was enough that like she came back for graduation, like she's still into him. Um, so it's just kind of a, I don't know. I think they've been, they've been communicating, but not closely is my guess. And like when you see someone for the first time, even if you have asked about something like, oh, you know, how's it going with the kids or whatever, um, like when you see them for the first time, like I go over the stuff again, it's like, oh, you know how, like my brother has kids. I'm like, and I talk to him, well, when I can, but like 
I try every week. Um, he's often busy, but I'm like, you know, how's it like being a father? You know, it's like now that I see them, like I want to hear it in person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems fair. Um, And the next person who needs to see Ruby and her baby for the first time is Felicity, who enters the scene, meets Eva, greets Ruby. And we're just going to watch Noel's face kind of fall. Yeah, he looks super sad. But I did really like the shot, how they did this, of we're watching Noel's face. And then we see kind of his face and Felicity's face overlap in the shot um as she's going in to see ruby and all this stuff like we're watching noel but like felicity the action with felicity's happening in front of him and so we get the sort of artistic shots of like the two of them overlapping but not being on the same plane i guess Mm -hmm. just kind of kind of sad yeah well there you have it. So we are now going to head to another kind of sad storyline. So we're going to go back. We're, we're in the girl's apartment now. Well, almost there. We're coming off the elevator outside the girl's apartment. DeForest and Elena obviously just came from some sort of an, an amusement park. Coney and, Island, maybe. Maybe. And DeForest has won a huge rabbit for Elena. Huge pink rabbit. Uh, so pink. It is so pink. <laughs> and so big. And that is exactly how he wants to be discovered when he they find Tracy knocking yeah. at the lady's apartment door. Mm. And he's got a letter in his hand. And he just sort of looks at the two of them. He's like, hey, what's up, man? Uh, <laughs> Handshake, man yeah. hug. Like and he gives snapping. the line of the letter. And then he gives DeForest another handshake, yeah. another man hug. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, what's up, man? Yeah. Hug, bro hug. Like, again, Tracy with the awkward, like, the handshakes when maybe that's not what's really needed in the situation. Um, um, no, I feel like it was just two guys in an awkward situation, and this is just what they were doing. You yeah, know? I think everybody like, kind of knows what the situation is. Yeah. Um, kind Tracy's, of right away. <laughs> yeah, Tracy's still going to give Elena the letter. Uh, he's going to try to play it down because he's he's going to take off. He's not going to mm-hmm. say anything, really. He's just going to get in the elevator and be like, Elena, you remember to read that letter. Yeah, the, the one you want to read right now, like the one you want to rip open instantly. Uh, don't forget to read that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> And then we're going to skip over to Elena talking to Molly about it. She's like, yeah, I got this letter from Tracy. She's, she's recapping for Molly what just happened. And Molly. Yeah. What fairly or unfairly equates. Unfairly. To, um, no, don't you don't get to equate Tracy to crazy, like, cocaine heroin addict guy who shot someone well incorrect but behaviorally molly's like you know james used to do the same thing with me like i'd be on the fence with him and then he would like say something really sweet or write me a letter like that he wrote me in 
if she had just said that and really focused on herself and her own reactions, but she says, yeah, like James is like Tracy and it's like, hmm. Wait, I, what? I, what I took away from it was more of the behavior. Like, I don't know if Molly has labeled that to herself as a manipulation tactic. Um, or if she was just noting that that's when he would like woo her. But, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if Molly has labeled that as manipulation herself from James. Um, so I don't know if what she thinks is happening with Elena and Tracy. Like, I don't know if she thinks, oh yeah, he used to, James used to send me sweet stuff. You know, like, is she saying it like, yeah, Trace, this must be a sweet thing from Tracy and it was a sweet thing from James. Or if she is now recontextualized the situation with James to be like, just when I was ready to walk away, he would do this thing and it kept me coming back and I probably should have walked away. Like, I don't know if she's thought that level with her situation because Elena like that's what she's saying but like at the same time we have to remember Molly is a non-character so like I don't think they're thinking that much about her they're just the writers are writing this so Elena can react to it I mean I think she's well utilized in this scene because Elena in this moment is trying to decide what she thinks about the letter and Elena comes away from this part, like this conversation. She's like, no, Tracy lied and I can't trust him. Not after Rose. Like in the letter, he said he wants to meet tomorrow. Can't meet with him tomorrow. And I think if Molly had said something different, if Molly had said to her. Now remove Molly from the scene. Everything's the same. I don't know. Non-entity. If she had been talking to like, I don't know, let's say Felicity and Felicity said to her, or if it were still Molly, I just know that you have a real like hang up about Molly. If she was talking to a friend of hers who said to her, you've been missing Tracy. Tracy's like in your, or he came back specifically to your orbit again. And he wants to talk to you and that could be good. Like, hear what he has to say. Like, if it was Felicity doing the old, like, oh, just hear what he has to say about it sort of thing. Maybe Elena comes away from this feeling like, hmm, maybe I'll go hear what he has to say. But I think... so you think she'll... Like, if she was talking to someone else, you think she would have gone to meet Tracy? I think if she had been given different advice, she would have been less hesitant. She ends up going to see Tracy anyway. Exactly. But she goes with a... <laughs> so, like, it doesn't she, matter. She goes with the plan to put her foot down. I think I she think what's interesting... always going to go see Tracy. Yeah, I, th- I think what's interesting about this scene is that we see her level of hesitation that we see how conflicted she is about this, that we see, because I feel like I'm trying to remember, I I have this like flash of a scene and I can't remember where it happened, where B minus Lori, um, the one where there was a Sadie Hawkins dance and Tracy gets asked by a real or unreal B minus Lori. (laughs) Um, And he kind of is dangling that over Elena and Elena's feeling really like, no, no, you don't, the girl's code. uh, No way. Am I, if you, if you have to go with her now that you've asked her and she said yes, and I'm not even entertaining. Yeah. And like, so 
but in that situation, Elena's like, no way, like you are now committed to Lori. I'm not entertaining this. And she puts her foot down for the whole episode, but you can tell she's sort of like working it and (laughs) she's, and they end up going to the dance together. That's not what this felt like to me because of this scene with Molly. It felt like Elena really is hurt. She's really upset and fairly or unfairly. I don't know. I mean, for her read of the situation, I think she's certainly not faultless in this situation. She is very she, much at fault in this situation. She admits it. She's like, you know, can't start over. Tracy lied just like I did with Finn. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah. fully owns that. But yeah. then she says, you know, it's just too painful for me. Like I can't trust him. But we have to remember the reason she can't trust him is because she found a condom that she then read all this stuff into and never actually communicated with Tracy about it. Because even when she found out about Rose, her initial reaction seemed to be, okay, you should be with Rose for For now. now. Which is exactly what happened. Yeah, but her understanding of that was you should be with Rose for now while you're not having sex because you need a relationship where you cannot have sex and that could be okay. Right. And then the moment she thinks that Tracy is having sex with Rose, it throws her relationship with Tracy into questions like, well, then why would he be having sex with Rose, but not comfortable to have it with me? Yeah, but like, that whole conversation is in her head. Yeah. She never talks to Tracy about it. Yeah. So it's like, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I always assumed she would just go and talk to him. Yeah. I mean, that ends up being the result. But the reason I, I, I said, the reason I like this scene with Molly is that it allows us to see her level of hesitation. Because if we hadn't seen this and she goes and she sees Tracy and she's like, I didn't want to come, but I came anyway, it wouldn't feel like much of a fight to me. Um, but I think after we've seen some of the stuff that she's been doing in previous episodes where she's really like doubting herself. And now that we see like with Tracy coming back, it isn't in an instant, oh, I got to go see him. It's an instant, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I can do this. Um, I'm, I guess I'm glad to see that because I don't know if we've seen Elena like that ever i mean tracy has an effect on her he just does you know maybe the closest we got with her being vulnerable like this was when she was having financial trouble that led blair and felicity to finding her that scholarship um even then though yeah she wasn't like she was even then she was very protective and she was kind of angry about it um she was ready to leave school um until noel talked her down yeah i don't know i think there's kind of interesting stuff happening with elena here um i think so too but i just think her tracy just does things to her you know it he and i don't think she could stay away like he if he writes her a letter and it's like i want to meet there's just no way she stays away yeah that's fair um i don't know that was my read but we also don't get to find out what was in the letter i kind of wonder if they cut 
a scene or two because she's like reading the letter, but we, she doesn't actually say anything about what's in the letter besides he wants to meet. I'm like, that's a long letter that he wrote that he somehow, he said he wanted to meet, but in no way, I guess, did he say he wanted to get back together with her because she comes to that meeting with him like it does not seem like she, like he had expressed that he wanted to get back together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like, I'm, I'm glad like, they what didn't. What did this guy write? Yeah, I think I'm glad that they left that as a mystery to us, so that we could see their conversation, sort of. No, but like, tell us what he wrote. It doesn't have to be "I want to get back together," but like, it's got to be something. Like what? But the thing is, if they spend time doing that, I just think about what's in this episode. And I think, what would you cut to have us read the letter? Molly. Uh, I would rather know that she was hesitant about it. I think she can be hesitant on her own. She She can read the letter. She can like say stuff out loud. And like, well, you know what? No, if anything, nobody can say you're not consistent, Fish, because you hated Molly from the first episode, from the first minute, and you're hating her in her last episode that she's in. And that is the yep. story of Molly. Um, for those of you, wait, who are- wait, is this her last episode? Yeah. <gasps> okay. Well, I'm going to have to change my rating now. Uh huh. See what happens? <laughs> I mean, she was what? She was probably studying abroad, right? Usually you do that for a semester, maybe a year. Um, But if you start second semester, it's probably just the one semester. So I I think it makes sense, the timeline here for her. Um, But, uh, you know, Fish, listeners, if you want a Molly apologist, you come to me. If you want somebody who's going to hate Molly every step of the way, you go to Fish. That's how this is. Uh, if you yep. want to know what scenes need to be cut, cut Molly all the time, says Fish. Yep. For me, uh, cut the letter. I'm fine with that. Let yep. us see it play out. Um, yeah. So that's that's the uh, the summary. Yeah, and for those of you who don't really care about Molly, which is all of you, uh, apologies for this rant. I mean, there you have it. So let's <laughs> go to Ben. He's in his bedroom. He's on the phone. He's Again. declining something. Yes, he's, he's, he's lying. making excuses why he's like, I've got a sick aunt, can't do the thing. And Felicity's like, he hangs up the phone and Felicity's like, what? What's the matter with your aunt? He's like, no, no, no. Um, I was just trying to get out of something like he. His insecurities are coming up big yeah, time in this very, episode. Very insecure. And he's so uncomfortable. He's very uncomfortable with telling full so felicity is so curious to know what's going on but he's obviously very uncomfortable to tell her about it and maybe even to say it to himself i think is what's really happening here and so he won't tell felicity at first she's like okay i won't badger you but i really want to i really want to ask (laughs) what are you declining um and then just the way he talks about it he's like i I just got this stupid idea after Avery. I'm like, oh. Stupid idea made my heart break. I know. Uh, I just got this stupid. And he's like whispering it. And he's, and he's, his head's a little down. And it's just like, he really does not believe in himself. Not at all. Not one bit. 
Um, but he's also being very honest with Felicity here. He tells her the whole thing. He's like, look, mm-hmm. you know, after that shooting, I got the stupid idea. It's just embarrassing. I, look, I was in the ambulance. She died. The EMTs brought her back to life. It was unbelievable. I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Which he has not been conveying to her that we've seen. Um, I mean, it is a bit of a sensitive issue. It's a bit of a sensitive issue. Obviously, Avery's made it, added a layer to it. (laughs) But like, this was always there. Mm -hmm. And so because he, because Avery added this weirdness, he hasn't really felt comfortable to process the experience and certainly not with Felicity. Um, Well, also because the next thing out of his mouth is, yeah, and like, what your mom was saying uh, about, you know, me not knowing what I was going to do. And I've just, you know, I've really never thought about the future before, but we are going to graduate, you know, next year we're graduating. Yeah. So, you know, he is starting to think about his future. And as you pointed out, this has been, something the show has been showing us by having been study in like every scene we've seen him in. Um, He's just, he's reading, he's thinking about his schoolwork. He, um, and they just keep showing us images of this, of what he's doing in his spare time. And so there is a thread here that we see the truth to it bearing out in this conversation. But he actually took some action. Yeah. He's like, you know, I I applied to this Kansas City Kansas City program as a joke. Yeah, as a joke. I was like, as a joke? Like who was laughing? <laughs> um uh poor guy. Um I know. Right? But then I got it's, in. Can well, you believe to, it? I got in. It's to be an EMT. Mm-hmm. So maybe not, I don't I don't think EMTs are doctors, but like it's a paramedic. It's, you know in the medical field yeah and then when he he says it as a did it as a joke but i got in and felicity you can see her whole face like she looks really she's smiling a little and she looks proud of him Mm -hmm. but he's definitely not proud of himself and he's like really guarding himself no so she's it's like a weird thing for her to manage because it's like you got in so she wants to be like, that's amazing. It's like the moment she wants to celebrate for him, but he's not. <laughs> he's it's like, like when putting... he got the, it's like when he got the B minus and she was like, you got a B minus. Yeah. And in that moment, he was ready to receive the congratulations, the congratulations of it. Right. He was, yeah. he wanted her to be happy for him. She's happy for him now like that, but he's like very guarded and he's yeah. really hitting the brakes and with his accomplishment. I know. He's like, yeah, I want to go with you. We're going to go camping. You know, I want to spend the summer with you. Um, But it's 18 hours a day. We wouldn't see each other. So I'm not going to do it. I can do it anytime. You know, he's just really minimizing the fact that he got in. Yeah. It's just hard to watch from him. Um, Yeah. And Felicity's refrain to this is going to continue it's going to be are are you sure yeah and she's just going to keep saying that like over and over again she's like, not sure you know it's just like this is a big she can 
she feels the big deal of it. Yeah. The stuff that Ben is saying to her is so huge. Yeah. Like it is so absolutely massive that for an entire semester, you know, he's, he's been thinking so much about this moment in the ambulance with the EMTs that now all these months later, he's like, he's been studying, he's applied to this program. He got into this program on the back of a trauma, you know, and she's like, oh my God, there is a whole wealth of information that you have not shared with me. And it is all good, huge and good. And it's good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the, the way he's processed what's going on and, and she's proud of him and she wants to be happy for him, but he's, I don't know. I, I guess the way she plays it is the way you play it, right? That she says, are you sure? Like she wants to be supportive. Um, But also, I mean, it's a little shitty. Like what about her plans, right? Like she's now not going for this job in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Fair. Um, But like if he leaves and can't see her all summer and is gone for 18 hours a day. Like if he keeps insisting that they're going to go camping together, she doesn't get to make her own plans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, all right, she's being the very supportive girlfriend, but I'm also in the same breath kind of like, I mean, as much as I come down on Felicity for being self-centered, it's a whole summer. I mean, there when you say the last summer, there aren't summers, right? Mm -hmm. After college, like you get a job and there's no more summer. Yeah. (laughs) Like that, this is a well-titled episode. Okay. Um, Well, that was, That was promising. Um, Sure. Yes. So last summer ever. um, I mean, I guess, you know, this time last year, last season, end of season two, it was all about was Felicity going to take her internship in New York or not? And um, granted, Ben had lined up the job. Mm hmm. But there was a lot of like, are we doing this together? Are we not doing this together? There was a lot of will she, won't she that happened with that. Although you didn't believe a minute of it. Oh, I didn't believe a minute of this either. But if you're Ben in that situation, you're like, am I like, what are, what is she doing? So I guess this, this time around it's Ben's, Ben's plans that are up in the air and it's his more career focused opportunity that's on the line. Um, So I guess there's some amount of parody in that, but I think um, at the same time, like had Noel not offered her that job, like what is she doing? Um, Yeah. If Noel had not offered her the job, even with Noel offering her the job, she should have figured out what she wanted to do. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we will explore at the very top of season four. Oh. <laughs> um the fact that huh. she's like floundering here 
about her well, own plans are she's an art major. I mean, what the hell is she going to do with that degree? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there was like, honestly, she had an internship last summer. She has contacts. She has professors like. Yes. But how hard is it to get a job as an actual artist? I mean, yeah, I was but listening... would you be trying to do that here or would you be get trying to get another internship? Like, would you be working your content? Like to me, if she were really hustling, she would be, she, we would have been seeing her talk to some professors and see what's available to her, which yeah. might be internships. It, it might be volunteering at a, it, at a local like, museum or something, not museum, um, gallery or something like it feels like there's gotta be something she could have been angling for had she started yeah. those conversations. We just haven't seen her do that. No. That's it's interesting that she went from like med school to art to floundering and Ben went from floundering to floundering to EMTs. It's like, so we're going to, I guess, see a reversal of roles here. And it's going to like when really like when we open up season four, you're going to feel those trajectories a few months down the road. Um, yeah. So that's to me, that's. I think season four starts with a really interesting premise. Um, where it goes from there, I make absolutely <laughs> no claims to, but I really like how they open it up and the weirdness of like how people's positions have shifted. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was watching another show and now I, of course I can't remember what it was. But someone was telling a joke, they were like, they said something like, how do you get an art grad off your porch steps? And the answer was pay for the pizza. Okay. Sadness. So uh, next up, we're going to see Sean and Megan. Sean always has to be doing something to open up a scene. So he's currently working on his plan for scalping graduation tickets. Yes. <laughs> and Megan's like, okay, let's actually talk about our fight of the week. How, shall we? Uh, um, well, this time, you know, since it's the end of the season, it'll be the fight of the summer. I really liked this fight. I did actually, too. Because I think what was weird as that is to say, because I think it makes a lot of sense to me. It's not like arguing over Sean's nose. It's like, oh, this is a real world sort of like, are this they on the same page to me. issue? Yeah, um, this, this is reality. This and, and yeah, not only is it reality and something you've obviously dealt with, but like the, um, it's pulling in threads we've seen from other fights and insecurities we've seen from other fights. So it's sort of rooting things in, this isn't just a one episode challenge. It's like pulling at some actually real challenges they have in their relationship. And some fun tips from therapy. I just, I have so much more appreciation for Dr. Zwick than I ever had. I knew I was excited about her, but on past watches, <laughs> I've never I've really thought about Dr. Zwick that much. And I don't think we ever see Terry Gar again, but just the fact that we had the weirdness of her, their first sessions with her 
And now we're seeing nothing but like the residue of advice Dr. Zwick <laughs> has given them. And it's all terrible. Like it's, it's almost all really bad ideas that sound exactly like stuff they would have done with her. And yeah. um, I love it so much. I'm not sure it's really therapy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care. It's great for us. <laughs> As may not be great for their relationship, but it's great for us watching it. <laughs> Well, in this scene, so Megan has, so she has this house in Geneva. Her parents are loaded. Okay. We know that. Uh, Sean and Megan have vacationed at one of her parents' places in the past. And so. The Tuscan house. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, the Tuscan house is where her parents will be this summer. So they might as well go to the one in Switzerland. Yeah, let's go to the Geneva house. And she's, it looks like she's already got tickets for the for plane tickets, right? Her parents sent them. Yeah. So, but Sean's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You you know, from the work we've done this week, like this is embarrassing for me. You know, I, that I can't plan or pay for a vacation with my girlfriend. It's just, it's emasculating. You know, I don't want to, can, can we do some, can we plan something together that's within our means well, or within, within my means his means yeah yeah um and i like that he quotes zwick here he's like you know like zwick said we're a couple not just two solo artists mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and megan through most of this is gonna kind of keep her mouth shut mm -hmm. you could tell on her face and from the way she says certain words that she's annoyed yeah but she's like okay um yeah she's holding my... a lot back but she's trying yeah. to it seems like she's trying to listen she's trying not to speak over sean and like just, i don't know speak over what he's saying yeah trying to hear it <sighs> trying to accept it um and she says my... fine at the end <laughs> yeah she says okay all right let's figure it out but my favorite part of the whole scene is that she has the baby earrings on again. Uh, these little, they're not so little. These like, I don't know, inch and inch and a half long naked babies are her earrings. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I love them. I love her, her queen of hearts earrings and I love her baby earrings. They're so inappropriate and fantastic. Okay. Well, there you have it. That just reminds me that I feel like when we were in college, I heard so many naked baby jokes. I can't remember a single one of them. And nobody ever told me a naked baby joke again after we graduated. I've never heard a naked baby there's, joke. There's a lot of, there's just. I've heard a lot of dead baby jokes. Oh, dead baby. Dead baby okay. is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead baby. Like... Um, also, I haven't heard any dead baby jokes since college. I mean, I, I could know. say a few, but I really, last time I tried that, I made someone cry. So oh, I no. feel like. I mean, I think that's the point, that. right? Yeah. Um, so, okay. Well, let's head off that topic and go to Epstein <laughs> Bar, where we are going to get the first of the Felicity Gives Noel a Gift saga. <laughs> It's such a small thing and it has so much import and significance and yeah. they like run with this for the whole episode. And I think the gift giving process here really outlines where they are in, yeah. 
in a way that it just shows you rather than telling you. Well, and that's what I like about a lot of what's going on with Felicity Nolanus and frankly, the dialogue in general that I think mm-hmm. had I been paying more attention to it, I would have been tracking it throughout the entire series. But, you know, they have these really great scenes where things are just left unsaid. It's like mm-hmm. there's all these undertones. So it's like, Noel walks into the bar and says, or I think Felicity says, you know, thanks. Thanks for like agreeing to meet with me. Mm -hmm. So we already know all this stuff, right? From the fact that like she asked him to meet and he showed up. And then we know from the stuff that she's been talking about with Pavone, she doesn't think their like friendship is over. And so she's giving him this graduation gift. And it's like, there's so much meaning behind it. Like she's basically asked him to meet to say, can we still be friends? Yeah, really that's, and like the gift that she gives him. So he opens up the wrapping and it's a book called The Alphabet, which maybe it's a graphic design book. Um, It probably had something to do with fonts. Yeah, that's kind of my my get like a typography type book. So um, apparently when they were, I mean, it was a sophomore year or when they were much closer, mm-hmm. Noel was looking for that book because he had a memory of that book and it really inspired him. But at the time he was looking, it was out of print and she found it. And uh, this is his gift. So it's not like a, it it's a really meaningful gift from that re- that would remind him of a time when things were good between them. Mm-hmm. So it's a book and it's that, <laughs> you know, it's like a very yeah, loaded gift. It is. And it's something that, that will remind him of her. And, but she does specifically say, you know, I hope it keeps you inspired in Seattle. So it's like she's accepted there's going to be a distance. And, you know, Noel, Noel does not want this. Noel no. does not want the book. He's not going to say, like, completely why until much later in the season or later in the episode. But he, he tries to give it back to her. Yeah. And she he, gets he kind of to... pissed. She does. She it's pissed and then hurt, I think, by the end of the scene. It's like he declines, she pushes it on him. She's like, nope. Yeah, she's just taking it. Fully insists. It took mm-hmm. me too long to find it. You're taking it. And he's just like, okay, and takes off. But like, Dr. Pavone will put this in context as well. And, you know, probably in her mind, what she was hoping was going to happen was he'd be like, oh, wow, I was looking for this book. You remembered that? Awesome. Thank you. He sits down. They have a conversation. But instead, he declines the book. She shoves it in his face, makes him take it, and he leaves. Yeah. This was not the opener for more conversation. This, like, he's shut. This was not the outcome she was looking for. And she's hurt. Yeah. And angry. So now we're going to go to the loft. And Ben and Felicity are putting up a tent inside. Just practicing it, seeing how it all works. Felicity's going to again say, are you sure? 
you sure you don't want to do all that stuff for the EMT program? You should really go. Ben's like, no, I want to spend the summer with you. And, and I anyway, good at yeah. all of this paramedic stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he says that, Felicity's like, what? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to tell me you want to spend the summer with me. And it's another thing to tell me you're not capable of being an EMT before you've even been to the program. You know, At which point the bull in the china shop sticks his head over his loft and says, hey, we have to talk about the loft for the summer. And Ben's going to take that moment to get some reinforcement. He's going to look up at Sean and say, hey, you think I'd be good at being an EMT? And Sean's just going to double over in laughter. Yeah, he just laughs his way out of the scene. Um yeah, Ben's like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Felicity is going to crawl into the tent now. And she's like, so let's leave for our trip tomorrow. On graduation day. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that she chose to like hide herself for this part of the scene. Um, she physically obscures herself from Ben. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben is putting two and two together here he's like wait a minute mm-hmm. so if we leave tomorrow isn't noel's graduation tomorrow yeah. he says he doesn't want me there and ben's like oh i think he i think he does want you there and she's just like no really don't think he does um which based on their last interaction seems to be correct correct reading of the situation But as we close out this scene, we're lingering on Ben's face because Felicity is hidden from us. Felicity is inside the tent. And Ben, I don't know, we linger on his face for a long time. And he doesn't fight her on the, like, Ben says, I think he does. I think he does want you there. But Felicity seems to have it in her head that he does not want her there. And, uh... So I don't know. I was having a hard time reading Ben's face here. I mean, what did you think you were seeing here? I mean, I think Ben wants to support Felicity and he wants her to be happy. And he never asked her not to see Noel. But I also think he's keenly aware of the fact that she, like, whatever is going on with her and Noel is in large part due to him. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's kind of sitting with that. He's like, you know... I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, even if in in a world where Noel's about to graduate, Noel's about to move to Seattle, Felicity is about to lose a friend. That's sad for her. And he's, he would be, I guess, trying to be supportive of that, but there's all this other baggage and he doesn't really know what other baggage is there but it's also like for her to say to him Noel wouldn't want me there from the information Ben actually has that doesn't make a lot of sense right I think it does because I mean when he and he and Noel were around each other right there's all the tension and then what he saw was Noel retracting the offer 
based mm-hmm. on the fact that Ben would be there. And then he almost takes a swing at him, right? Yeah. And then Felicity has to come back and say, I'm not taking the job. Okay. So I think. So based on that, it would make sense to Ben, you think, for then Felicity to be like, no one wouldn't even want me at his graduation. I mean, it seems. That, and she also could have said whatever to Ben about, you know, Noel, Noel said he doesn't want to be friends anymore. I can't imagine she would have kept that to herself. Okay. You that know, would make maybe that makes more sense to me if she added just that little bit of information. Obviously, she hasn't told them about all like the level of emotion behind it. Yeah. But I think it makes more sense to me if she if she also said like and Noel just doesn't want to be friends anymore. Yeah. Um I don't know. That's interesting. So let's go to Epstein Bar. Tracy and Elena are now meeting. Tracy seems pretty confident when he sees Elena there. Tracy is always confident. Yeah. It sort of, it a little bit annoyed me to see him (laughs) confident here. Like in the past, it didn't. Here it did. It was not appropriate for the situation. Um, Who he is. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. I think there's a moment when he checks himself a little though, because Elena so Elena comes she's like I wasn't I wasn't planning to come uh but then here she is right so they head into a conversation where it's confirmed that Elena is seeing DeForest and Tracy's kind of like you're seeing DeForest and I like that Elena's like yeah (laughs) you know and like I felt like that like cocky smile from Tracy I felt like he could have taken a turn for the worse here and how he handled that comment. Mm-hmm. And I was appreciate, I appreciated that he respected DeForest mm-hmm. um, because we've gotten to know DeForest and DeForest doesn't deserve that crap. So mm-hmm. like, you know, Tracy doesn't need to be making fun of DeForest here. And, and Elena kind of was just like, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think left no room for Tracy to doubt it. And so I think Tracy just sort of, got really quickly to his point yeah which is i'm single rose and me we are not together and alina is gonna have some things to say about that she she finally is going to communicate she's like look you know it just it, it really hurt me i didn't understand it's like i don't understand how you just you wouldn't sleep with me or like you had this really big problem sleeping with me, but you're just fine sleeping with Rose. Tracy looks to her with question marks all over his face. (laughs) Yeah. Like when she's like, um, don't you even try. I saw the condom. And he's like, where, what? And she's like, you know, when you we met here and you gave me your wallet and you were like, buy food. I saw the condom. Yeah. And, he's and Tracy's like, like oh. oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean the condom I've had in my wallet as a reminder not to sleep with anybody again after the- <laughs> <laughs> That is not what he says. But it's what he's saying. No, like he's, he what he said was 
he pulls out the condom and he says, you mean this condom, mm-hmm. the one I've had in my wallet since I slept with you? Me, I mean, the way I took that was like, it's been there, but he hasn't used it, you know? I took it as if he put it there to remind himself not to, like as a, as a symbol of don't you do this again. Um, I feel like like not having a condom is a better symbol of like not like you don't tempt the devil. I'm just saying. I mean, I think, I think it's a, I think it's a way, I don't know. Like, I think it's a a way to wrapper, put like an empty condom wrapper. Don't put an actual con like, I don't, I don't see that, especially from his faith view as yeah. I, I don't see that. I think if it's a symbol for him that brings up the shame that he experienced when he had sex the first time, I think it would be, I think it would be effective in that way. Um, even if it were a real condom, because I think the point of it, if, if you interpret it the way I interpreted it, the point of it is a reminder of the shame and a reminder that you don't want to have the shame again. And um, like, I don't necessarily think that he's tempted. I think that he's uh like, I don't think he's a sex addict where he would be worried about like, oh, if I have it, I'll use it. I think that he, th- this is about, I shouldn't have done it the first time. And I did, and I don't feel good about it. And I'm going to remind myself that I felt that way so that I don't do it again. I yeah, I did not. I did not pick up on that. I, I don't know. It's, you know, the, so this shouldn't have brought up this memory for me, but um, I, uh, ha- you know, hey, we're all friends here. So <laughs> this I, is about to get personal. I remember this time when I was a lot younger and I, um, as you all know, I have a phobia of vomiting. And so there was a time, I haven't done this in a while, but there was a time when I used to always carry around an Alka-Seltzer with me and uh there was a time when I was uh, so I was living in Italy and I had made all these friends there and I had this bag that I used it was like a flip top bag and on the inside pouch the top inside pouch there was like a mesh pocket and I kept my Alka-Seltzer in there and the day that I was leaving a couple of really close friends dropped me off at the airport and they gave me this big hug and I I had a gift for them I had like cards for each of them uh, really like thought out cards. And I make this big show. I open up my bag to get the cards and I hand them the cards. And for a slight moment, there was this little bit of awkwardness before I gave them the cards and it didn't register for me at first. But then like later that day, I realized, oh my God, when I opened up the, the, the purse, like the bag, they would have gotten this huge flash of what I know to be an Alka-Seltzer but what probably through the mesh uh, looks like a condom wrapper. Um, but just the one. But just the one. And so yeah. I was like, huh, what do they think of me? I don't know. What did I just do? <laughs> like, it was, it was this really weird moment of like, well, I know what it was. And that's going to have to be enough. <laughs> also, Alka-Seltzer, I mean, that, that would be a pretty big and weirdly shaped condom. Um, it's a rectangle. It's a square. Oh, mine are always rectangles because they have two pills in them, two Alka-Seltzer tablets. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think it's close enough where, especially through a mesh pouch, 
And yeah. I can't remember, it might've been on the instruction side. Maybe they um, thought it was two condoms. I I don't know. I feel like I have square Alka-Seltzer packages um, that kind of look like Weird. condom wrappers. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I've, or maybe, so maybe they thought it was Alka-Seltzer and all this time I've just been doubting myself and you guys are getting the full psychological <laughs> experiment from me here. I mean, this is a story that I can only tell you know, three seasons in at the finale. It's like layer upon layer. Um, anyway, sometimes things happen when people see what they think are condoms or when people see actual condoms and have different interpretations of why they're there. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, you have had, you've had time to think about this. So I respect your thought process. Um, I didn't get that, but you know what? You did. That's yeah, there it is. And the point is, yeah, let's get back to Tracy. Tracy has not had sex with anyone but Elena. Yeah. He wants to make that very clear. Rosenhan, no, that did not happen. Like when I said I was going to Africa to clear my, like I was there to be with people who believe in the same things, not to have lots of sex. Um, And also to forget about you or at Mm -hmm. least not have you around. Yeah. Um, He's like, you know, I met Rose. She made sense. Sleeping with you didn't logically. And he's really clear about this. Like Rose is logical, but you're the one who actually makes sense. And I love that he then goes here. He's like, baby, we can work this out, you know? (laughs) And it just was like, Thank God we get to see him use yeah, it's true. some of these lines. This is the way you're supposed to actually work, right? Yeah. I was well, just and also in this process, like after all those things where he refutes Elena's concerns, he's like, and even if I had, this shouldn't be an issue because you slept with Finn. Hey. Yeah, remember um, that? <laughs> remember that? Yeah, that's also a factor. Um, Elena's heard all this, she has absorbed it. She's like, look. I didn't think I was going to get over you, but I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I don't know. This is a woman who's gotten over him. Um, But she's like, look, I can't do it again. It hurt a lot. I can't do that. And she leaves. And I think, you know, everything that he's, he's saying, he's said all the things he needed to say in this conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like he really dismantled a lot of things that were really nagging at her in ways that I think were satisfactory. Um, and she's she probably, yeah. I mean, she probably thinks that they, like her her claims are refuted as well. But it's it's like, it's sort of like the conversation we were having recently on this podcast where, where we were talking about like when you decline something, but you don't really say no. Yeah. Um, and you come up with a lot of excuses and then the person's like, whoa, if you can't do it on Monday, let's just do it on Tuesday. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, if you can't do it at five, let's just do it at six. Like, oh man. So like when you provide actual reasoning, it gives room for somebody else to sort of shoot it down. But if at the, un- if at the bottom of all that is, I you just actually, wanted to say no. <laughs> but like, it wasn't at the bottom of all that. I don't think, she, I mean, I think she's still processing this moment. The thing that threw her, was that he was having sex with Rose. Mm -hmm. And that is what put her into a spiral. And he has now addressed that. And it is a complete 
mind shift for her. But at the bottom of it is, but it hurt when he broke up with me and I don't want to feel hurt again. Yes, but is that true? Because well, I think as it's true. we will then see. I think it is true, but will she do it anyway? Like, okay, she's terrified of getting hurt again. That's real. Yeah. But will she then overcome that or will she succumb to it? And I think, you know, her honing in on this condom became something she could fixate on that maybe sort of displaced some of the hurt to something physical. But then when he takes that piece away, it's like, but I was still hurt. I just piled my hurt onto the condom. I mean, she definitely went through a lot because she was in love with him. Yeah. And probably still is. Um, And she invested herself in a way that she hasn't with anybody else that we've seen. I mean, I think Blair hurt her, but I don't think... That I think she had walls up with Blair the entire time. Yes. Um, so I think that when he hurt her, it yes, it hurt, but not in the way that it just did with Tracy. And McGrath, I mean, that wasn't really No. I didn't see her being really invested in that. And Finn, that was fun. And maybe an effort to create a problem with Tracy um that it did so like we just haven't seen her fully vulnerable she probably hasn't ever been that's true you know so i mean for me it's like the question's got to come down to yeah she doesn't want to get hurt again but is it worth it is the risk it's like a risk reward calculation right is is having another go with this worth the risk yeah she needs to think this through so she is she's left probably to think more um we are going ahead to sean and megan who have been doing some thinking of their own they've made lists they've come up with vacation destination lists and i love how we start this because Sean's like, do you have your vacation list? And Megan's response is just, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell she's going in not having a good attitude. Like she's pissed. She's, she's trying not to say anything, but she's going to sit down and he's going to be like, what's on your list? And she's like, Switzerland. He's like, come on. <laughs> Did we not just go over this? Yeah. She's like, fine. What's on your list? So he starts with Atlantic City. Just down the street. (laughs) Just head down to Jersey. Mm -hmm. Atlantic City. It's um, it's crap. It's pure crap, according to Megan. Yeah. She's like, we might as well just go to the roof for a vacation. I absolutely loved that line. (laughs) Um, Also... And it's also is it foreshadowing. The worst idea? But like, is it the worst idea? I mean, it is foreshadowing for how weird. other people will spend some a vacation. Is she going to take some of the camping stuff up on the roof? Is not that why the she doesn't stuff. return it? Not the uh, not the camping stuff. Um, wait a minute. 
there are lounge chairs that's probably not camping equipment though no. um yeah well so like, now how Sean's about already... that whole respecting each other's feeling thing yeah yeah i remember the i feel exercise <laughs> yeah. which that... does feel like a real exercise that yeah. does everything yeah. else not but yeah, yeah. um Megan's like, I feel like Atlantic City is a stupid idea. He's like, okay, I feel that I have to respect that. Yeah. Which, fair. Um, And Sean's like, I feel like you're not taking my financial situation into account when Megan says that she would like to go to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And so he throws out Israel as well, an option she's i mean they get into it she's like well it's hard to take zero into account and he starts calling her daddy's little rich girl mm-hmm. and she's like well you used his last you used his house last summer i mean they they get kind of nasty yeah yeah so when he suggests israel she's gonna say i'm not staying on a kibbutz no <laughs> how about the bahamas Sean's like, no, I mean, you can see that they are really not trying to find a middle ground at all. Um, And Megan gets, finally says what she's thinking here. Like, I just, I thought you'd be open-minded enough. Like I I can pay for this. Let your girlfriend pay for a fun vacation because she can't. That's it. Yeah. It's not the middle ages, like the eighties. Yeah. Everyone Um, on this podcast just was like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) So my, my, what I enjoy so much, and this is now my note from an optimist, Sean clucks to end an argument. Yes. This was Dr. Zwick's idea. Megan thinks that they agreed not to do that, but nonetheless, Sean (laughs) is clucking. And I just, I would love for this to work. I'm certain (laughs) it wouldn't. I think this is the worst idea that's ever been given. But I do feel like I understand the point Zwick was trying to get at. And how can you stay mad at Sean when he's clucking like that? Team Sean, okay? Team clucking to end an argument. I might try that in future arguments with you, Fish. I really wish you would. We have this on video. It will make a great TikTok. Let's see what we can do. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we don't... I, I feel like there's going to be opportunity for this. So if I clock at any point to end an argument, you just know because it's just because I love it so much. <laughs> and I think it can only possibly, if it works with you, no. it's only because we've both seen this show and know what's happening and have <laughs> like the meta understanding of it. But I don't think that as a therapeutic technique, this would feel good in the middle of an argument. <laughs> no, I really don't. I mean, but Megan does walk away because I think otherwise she might have hit him. It's true, but have they resolved their problem? Nope. <laughs> no. It's like clucking ends, ends the the moment of this mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. It does not actually resolve any issues. You're just going to fight again. And and you will have clucked. I mean... That's the beauty of this technique. You can keep fighting and then you get to keep clucking. I mean, maybe, but how do you actually resolve anything? Lay an Mm -hmm. egg? Well, if the goal is clucking... (laughs) I don't think that's the goal. I think the goal is resolution. Do we need one of those shirts that says, keep calm, cluck on? (laughs) 
I think we have our first merch idea. Keep calm. Pluck your face off. No. I don't know. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Um, the first one was better. It was good. Okay. Um, I also feel like <laughs> Sean was really good at this. And perhaps his friends creating the show knew that and decided to write it in for him as like, we're now going to have Sean, well, Greg, uh, showcase one of his special abilities, which is to cluck like a chicken. Maybe. I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like J.J. Abrams himself is probably not too focused on the show at this point. I feel like Alias might have been well underway at this point. I mean, he knew people by now. It's the third season. That's fair. They were like, this guy knows that cluck. I mean, I'm sure he had done this for the staff maybe a few more times Mm -hmm. than perhaps they appreciated. And then it got written in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he has a real talent. Okay. Um, I mean, yes. Agreed. So now let's head over to the loft again. We're going to get a lovely Nolan Ben scene. I know. This is so weird. It's like... And I feel like this comes from whatever Ben was thinking about after Felicity said, Noel mm-hmm. doesn't want me at graduation. Yeah. It's like, and Noel has returned the gift. We come into the scene and there is no tension. All the tension is gone. Yeah. This was like, um, uh, this made me feel the way, okay, I'm pulling in a reference from another show, another J.J. Abrams show called Lost, as some of you may have heard in the past. Lost is a fairly popular Lost. show. I've never um, heard of it. What is that? What is Lost? Uh, so Lost, for those of you who've seen it, the Jack and Sawyer dynamic is pretty weird. Mm. Um, but I want to say it was end of season one where there's this conversation between Sawyer and Jack that felt like this to me, where Sawyer uh was it maybe jack who was chopping wood or one of them was chopping wood you know doing real manly stuff and then the other one (laughs) and i i I don't want to give away a lot of plot points but the the point was that sawyer had an experience with jack's dad somehow Mm -hmm. in the weird lost universe that that made sense and sawyer actually learned um that jack's dad had some nice things to say about his son jack and Jack didn't know that. And so Sawyer shares those things with Jack. And it's this really touching scene where they've been adversarial for quite a long time. And 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 like just this, I don't know. There's just something about this scene that feels just like, look, these guys aren't friends. They're probably not trying to be friends or ever will be friends, but they can have a moment like this where they're just people. And and they, for a second, Felicity doesn't have to be at the core of their dynamic. Well, yeah, she's kind of out of the picture at this moment in both of their minds. Yeah. For Noel. So there's no more tension. Yeah. So we get this, which is this lovely. So Ben's trying to stuff, I don't know, is it the tent back into a bag? 
Um, could have been the tent. I thought it was the back. It was a sleeping bag, but it could have been the tent. I mean, it was something that is almost impossible to get back into a bag once it's been <laughs> taken out. And Ben's yeah. working on it. Noel, Noel sees him in the loft. He's like, oh, man, uh, that's going to be tough. So Noel, Noel helps Ben get the thing back into the bag, put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, and then Ben's going to ask about Noel's plans on how he's going to get all his stuff to the airport. And they've kind of gotten the small talk out of the way. And then they get to the meat of it. So Noel starts very generously just being like, you know what? I apologize to you. Just randomly, like in general, for, I don't know, sometimes not being generous or not being upfront. Like, I just apologize. I want to clear the air. Um, and they shake hands. And... That makes Ben feel comfortable enough to to ask a question that's sort of peripheral to his major point of anxiety. You know, like, it's a really big question that Ben asks Noel for him, like, for himself. It's really big. And he says, what's it like knowing what you want to do with your life? Noel says, that's the question. Ben is like, no, but really, you've got a job you love and you're good at it. That's more than most people have. And and the thing is, like, this isn't just small talky conversation. Like, Ben has been really grappling with this. Like, this is the kind of question that if Noel and Ben were really good friends, Ben would probably still find it very difficult to convey this. Um, ben hasn't even really been able to talk with Felicity about this stuff. So he's saying this incredibly personal thing and it's a compliment to Noel. Yeah, and I think, again, having removed Felicity from Noel's orbit for the moment, um, I think this is something that, you know, it's an insecurity of Ben's, especially when it comes to Noel, but it's also something that he looks up to him Mm -hmm. for. Yeah. And so he, you know, he wants some, I think, I don't know if he's looking for advice, but he's, he's just kind of like, how did you do it? And Noel says, you know, I just feel really lucky. Like I backed into something great. I found graphic design freshman year and I took the class and that was pretty much it for me. You know, Noel uh, says, if I hadn't signed up for that class, Ben says, but you did. And I think there's something about that that's like, wow, like the fate of it all. I think you could say the same thing about like, what if Ben hadn't gotten into the ambulance with Avery? A lot of crappy stuff wouldn't have happened, but he wouldn't like he wouldn't be on his way to this EMT program and maybe, and I think we know that he is really pondering that opportunity at this, or at least he's received the opportunity at this moment. So him asking this question to Noel at this time, isn't arbitrary. It's like, is this EMT program the thing? Is this the one, you know? And um, what Noel's saying here is sort of like, is there something Ben can read into it as something he relates to with his own current situation? So 
But then Noel says, uh, yeah, but now I'm moving to a new city for a job that terrifies me. Like, yeah, sometimes doing the really good thing is scary. Absolutely. But Ben's also going to end, you know, on another positive note. He's like, saw you with Ruby. Um, I always thought you guys were good together. Ben's going to thank him for his help and leave. And I, I do like the way he addressed the Ruby thing. Cause that, I think, first of all, I think the way that was written came off correct for me, but also the way that Scott Steven delivered it was appropriate for, at least for how I read it, because that on the page could have been adversarial again. Yeah. Um, like that could have felt to Noel like a dig about him not being able to be with Felicity. Yeah. And it didn't read that way to me, the way it was delivered. I don't think it read to Noel that way. Um, although I don't know, do you did you think it did? No. Mm-mm. I you really have to thread that needle carefully, you know. Um and he just this the very simple way he put it, like Ruby is back. I thought you two were good together. Um I don't know. There was something kind of non-threatening about how it was delivered. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of that, it makes Noel kind of inspect the Ruby situation a little bit more closely than he would have otherwise. I don't know. Maybe he would have anyway. Yeah. I mean, I I do think he would have anyway, because he'd already had the sort of look on his face when she showed up. But and kissed him yeah rather uh passionately um yeah it doesn't hurt to put it back in his head maybe they're both in this conversation sort of planting seeds about something the other one is grappling with um i don't know how hard noel's grappling with this well i also think that they're maybe that's what they're doing from the writer's perspective but i think from like the character's perspective kind of what noel says up front like i'm I want to leave on good terms. Yeah. So they're having like one last conversation. They're saying good things. They're like kind of being supportive of each other. And then Noel's going to leave. And it's all going to be fine. Like I I do think, thank goodness they did leave on these terms. Because what other terms would they have left on? Like the you ate my bagel or you ate my, or like you (laughs) spread peanut butter on my bagel or you ate my cereal or the major uh, fight they had around Avery and Felicity. Um, Like those are the scenes they've been having. Mm -hmm. They are annoyed as hell with each other. (laughs) Like they're just done. And so to have this, it's been a minute. Since we've yeah. seen a scene in between them, that was not a high level of frustration. <laughs> yeah. And I, we're going to head like straight from this to a null scene with Ruby and Eva. This is, this has, I think, one of the best, unintentionally best lines okay. of the episode, maybe of the season. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, okay, this is a really loaded conversation now. And what's interesting about it is it's loaded from the perspective of a character we haven't seen in a whole season. So yeah. Noel is going to invite Ruby to dinner with his parents. He's going to be very specific about it. He 
he's going to say, you know, we can just get Eva like a, a big giant steak. Mm-hmm. And Ruby, who is currently feeding Ava milk, mm-hmm. says, well, no, she's still a vegan. Nope. Vegans don't drink milk. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing. Fair like, point. I was just like, no, incorrect. Did you mean vegetarian? Did you mean baby? Like, I don't, <laughs> she doesn't eat steak, but you're currently feeding her milk that did come from a living entity, i.e. you. That's not vegan. Babies, this this is my message to all of you. Your babies are not vegan, unless you're not breastfeeding them, in which case maybe they are. I don't know what's in baby formula, but not vegan. Ladies and gentlemen, you're cynic. <laughs> I don't even know if that's cynical. That's just true. Okay. They're not vegan. Okay. Okay. Um, that's everything we wanted it to be fish. Thank you. Uh, that's, that's amazing. Um, we, so that doesn't know how to recover. We would have buried buried that lead if not for you, but the, the minor points at the scene are as follows. Ruby's going to accept the dinner invitation and Noel is going to note that she is Wearing the bracelet. Remember the bracelet that Felicity told him, oh, that's the one I would want after kind of revealing her feelings to Noel in season two. And then he got Ruby the Palm Pilot. But then he thought it over and got her the bracelet too. Ruby's still wearing it. Mm -hmm. She She says, I'm still wearing it because it reminds me of you. I miss you. Noel stares yeah (laughs) off into space he really does it's an off into space stare from noel and we're not going to be left to wonder what he's thinking very long right because everything is connected for noel everything every conversation next scene is so i mean he takes this sweet moment from ruby and just like flips it and makes it so sour with Felicity. Yeah. So we're at the loft. Felicity is on the phone. Noel walks past, basically ignoring her, but then goes to his room, grabs the book. Felicity's now off the phone. Noel's going to give her back the book. I don't want a reminder of you. Yeah harsh just throw it away Noel I know um Felicity looks simmering yeah and she leaves but not for long yeah Yeah. she walks out the door and shuts it behind her Mm -hmm. because the way that Felicity best expresses her anger is by knocking on a door and attacking whoever's behind it. 
Yeah, we've seen her do this before. And we're going to get from simmering to boil. Angry knock. You can tell the knock is angry. Yeah. Um, Noel opens the door. It's obviously Felicity. She just like... <laughs> yeah. She's no like, one else would have come that, that quickly. Yeah, she's like, you can't do this. You can't just dump your friends because you're freaking out about graduating. It's like, Felicity, girl, this is not the issue. <laughs> yeah, he's really clear in this next part. Uh, I was so annoyed with her when she said that. I was like, yeah. are you trying to be obtuse like yeah. you disguising the problem after he said the problem is not helping i was so yeah. i was so glad that he didn't let her up let it this. go you know yeah. like oh I, I, I couldn't with her um but because she's she's basically saying like you're a coward and dumping me and he says and he's like no like i am not freaking out about graduation I am not terrified about graduation. I am terrified that you are going to continue to be a presence in my life half, like more than halfway across the country, all the way across the country. Like, I don't want you to continue being this presence in my life. It's unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like okay so you're throwing away everything because we can't go out and i was like yay thank you for saying that thing because except she she says it in a totally dismissed kind of way yeah and then the very next thing she says i went boo um but i was like at least she's not masking the problem this way like it's not about graduation felicity yeah. it's really not about graduation it's about you nope. you're a problem <laughs> you are right. a problem for, for Noel. that's it he's yes. not dumping his friends he's dumping you um right. so when she says you're throwing everything away because we can't go out at least she was identifying the same problem <laughs> that he was identifying. <laughs> but then she says you're being selfish and i was like hmm Ooh. and she throws the book on the floor yeah, she's like, I don't care that. what you, I don't care what you do with it. And I was like, that was the correct thing to do from the start. Like Noel didn't have to do all this. Yeah. Right. I mean, just throw the book away. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know though. Is that effective? Because then she thinks he's taken the book. Yeah. But he's in Seattle and does not have to take her calls. At some point, he's going to have to do something that is effectively not taking the book. You know, like, there is yeah, this physical like book. not taking her calls. Which is another form of not taking the book. So I guess the question becomes, like, at what point does he let her know he's done? He's out. He doesn't want he her has in his done life. That multiple times. And if she keeps pressing it, then that's her problem. He's done it multiple times, but here they are still seeing each other all the time. You know, he's done well, it multiple he should, times he and then he shows showed up. up to Dean yeah. and DeLuca. They, you know, he's, it's like, it's this like idea of going no contact with people, um, which is something that I've done with some people in my life. And I was doing a lot of research about it 
along the way, actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you going no contact when I was actually ready to go to no contact was the easiest thing I've ever done. But being low contact was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I was when I was doing the research about it, as I was getting very close to making the final decision, I was reading these blogs about it. And then I was scrolling down and reading comments from people who were trying to go through the process. And there were so many people, so, so many people who have the experience of going no contact for a time. Mm. And they'd be like, I went no contact for six months, one year, a year and a half, two years. And then this thing happened and I was back in contact until death in the family. It went really bad again. And then I went no contact for five. And in a lot of cases, there were these multiple stints of going back and forth. And I Mm. thought to myself, like, I appreciate that sometimes life circumstances make it such that you have to do something like that. Like a wedding. But or a funeral. And I've actually made some really hardcore decisions around that to maintain no contact. Um, Mm. because I feel I have felt for myself that if you break no contact once, no contact means nothing. I disagree. Um, so that I disagree with. Yeah, we might have had different experiences with that, but um, I guess there are two schools of thought with it. Yeah. But I think for Noel, I don't believe that he's staying away from Felicity. I don't see why Felicity would believe it. He's saying he's saying things that I want him to say, and then he's taking actions that show me the opposite. He's yeah. like he's setting a boundary and then he's breaking his boundary he's redrawing his lines if you will yeah I was about to say I was gonna make a reference back to drawing the lines yeah and it just it just doesn't work so I think yeah this book is this particular symbol and the polite thing to do would be if you don't want to hurt Felicity's feelings is to take the book and to throw it away but or to give it away or to donate it but at some point, he's going to have to get the message across to Felicity that I can't have you in my life anymore. And at that moment, it's the equivalent of not taking the book. So when does he do it? You know, does he do it now? Does easier do to it? do it from Seattle. It's probably opinion. easier to do it from Seattle, but we'll find out that that's not a thing anyway. Um, yeah. So it's like he's in. It's tricky. It's tricky what he's trying to do here and the way things are going to turn out. But yeah, I, I mean, the book is a lot more than the book in this situation. And, you know, when she throws the book on the floor, she says, I'm not taking it back. He's like, I just, I want you out of my life. Felicity yeah. shouts, I'm going. And you can hear the elevator ding. Mm-hmm. As Felicity gets onto it, Ruby comes off. And she's heard at least the last couple lines of this exchange. She's heard enough. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I think she heard, I want you out of my life from Noel mm. and the I'm going from Felicity. I don't know that she heard before that. Um, it was think, enough. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, from where the elevator dings, I don't know how much before that you can hear what's happening on the floor you're about to arrive on. But yeah, Ruby, Ruby's heard it and she, she comes out the elevator. She's like, what? Yeah what is happening stuff is going on but and then you know he's saying i want you out of my life and the next scene is voiceovered again by this tape that he is leaving for her you know he's walking down the street in his graduation gown and 
amongst bubbles, bubbles, bubbles and cameras that aren't phones. Um, and, you know, he's just like, I, you know, this fight clearly showed that our friendship is over. Mm-hmm. But what I'm mem- like, what I'm wondering about is, you know, which words will stick out from the fight? Like, which memories are going to be the thing that we remember? You know, I got one question wrong on this test once, and it's the only thing that I remember about the entire class. So is this fight going to be the only thing that I remember about our, you know, entire relationship? I'm just like, dude, no, just stop. Like, what are you doing? Like you, you wanted her not to be in your life. Yeah. Don't talk to her via tape, which is clearly like a thing that means something to her. Yeah. This is hard, right? Because yeah, no, this is what it feels like when you break up with a friend, you know, like there's a reason you're doing it. There's a reason you're thinking you need to, you've articulated that reason for yourself. You know exactly what it is. If it were good for you, you wouldn't be doing this breakup. So like, is there a way to do a breakup without sourness at the end with Felicity? I don't know. We haven't seen that. Felicity is way too hurt right now to meet you in that way. Um, in a way, I do think that Noel actually could communicate that without, uh, I feel like Noel could detach himself enough to have the conversation without being fight, but I don't think Felicity can. Not at this point. So it's, this is it. This is what's in the cards. If he wants Felicity out of his life at this point right now, it's going to hurt her and she's going to fight back. She's going to push back on it. And so it's like, you don't want to end it with a fight. Then it seems like you're not ending it. And thank goodness She's got someone to talk to Uh, about that. Pavan saves the day. Um, Felicity can't believe she said those things in the fight. I mean, really, the only thing that I objected to was the selfish part. Mm -hmm. Everything else I was like, okay. Yeah, the selfish part was the thing I objected to. And then I I would have objected to it had they carried on the conversation about this being an issue about Noel's graduation, but he disillusioned her her of that really quickly. Um, But Pavone, I feel like has really gotten to the root of all the things. She's like, yeah, well, okay, you're angry. That's why you said those things. She's like, well, I'm sad. Yeah, well, she pushes back. She's like, Pavone's like, you're angry. It's healthy. And Felicity's like, I'm not angry. I'm just... She's just sitting there like a Cupid doll. Am I right? (laughs) And we've been through all of this with her parents, you know, like I'm just tense. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just sad. I don't feel angry. Mm -hmm. And Pavone's like, this is a space where you can be angry. Yeah. And it's also a space where you can be selfish. And Pavone's like, yeah, you're being selfish, but you know what? That is a human response to losing your best friend. Yeah. And anger is one of the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And um, Felicity is not really seeing the connection. She's like, nobody died here. Everyone's like, that's basically what this is, though, actually. 
and anger is a stage and you know what are the stages glad you asked she's like first of all we got denial you bought him a book he's like let's Mm -hmm. not be friends you bought him a gift yeah um anger Mm -hmm. and then felicity makes a point about like well if i could just go to noel's graduation she's like oh bargaining yes you go to noel's graduation you lessen the loss for yourself and she, it. yeah, I mean, Felicity says the same thing that Noel is saying on this tape. She's like, I just don't want the fight to be the last time we talk. Sort of a like going out on a good note. Mm-hmm. So I guess now that she's gotten to bargaining, she's no longer angry. I don't know. Like, did that just happen? Yeah. Um, Hard to say because then Pabon basically has a role play and she's just like, oh, I really just want to go to the graduation. Pabon says, well, what would you say? And then the classical music begins again. I don't know why they picked the scenes they picked for this music. Um, Felicity says, well, I'd say I'm sorry. I'd tell him I care about him. She, you know, Basically, the gist is she's saying we've been through so much we can survive this too uh, now her voice is a voiceover over Noel's graduation mm-hmm. and she's saying you know i really she thought that Noel would be part of her future and they'd be friends forever she wants the friendship back she hopes he does too then she'd ask him to go get some ice cream pavone like i i wish this part weren't voiceover because yeah. i want to see pavone just staring at her shaking her head yeah <laughs> uh, like honey yeah. what have we been saying <laughs> this is the time when pavone can come around the desk and shake her yeah just shake it out of her <laughs> what on earth um what are you going see. to say i'm gonna say I'm going to go fully back into denial. That's what I'm going to do. I am actually not angry anymore because I'm going to go back to denial. Yeah. Like when he said, let's not be friends. What if I just say, no, but let's be friends. Right. I mean, that'll (laughs) change everything. And then I'll bribe him with ice cream because ice cream makes everything better. It is so frustrating, but so Felicity. Yeah. Because... As I have said over and over, she never learns. And in this situation, that sucks for Noel. Well, also, I mean, we'll get to it. A lot of things suck for Noel. Well, because also, like, it's one thing for Felicity to feel this way. But it's another thing to know that Felicity is not conflict averse. And she will approach you. (laughs) And she will knock on your door angrily. And she will throw books in your face and she like, or at your feet, she is going to make it known. Like she's going to have a to do about it. She's going to confront you. And so, and Noel does not have the strength of his conviction on this. No. To hold the line. So it's like. What he had was Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. So. So she shows up. She shows up to the graduation with yeah. other people that are there yeah. and you know Javier's there and Ben's there and like people are there 
And so I will she shows say, up. To her credit, she does seem to be keeping her distance. Yeah. Because um, it's Noel yeah. that approaches her. But she's there. She is there. Yeah. Like a moth to a flame. It's true. So Burned by the fire. My love is blind. Can't you see my desire? That's the way love goes, okay? It is the way love goes. <laughs> <laughs> my well, um, is being there. Oh, go ahead. Zoom keeps asking me if I'm playing music. <laughs> yes, you're singing. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, Zoom, Zoom. Has never asked me that because Zoom, I'm so good. I'm <laughs> professional. Anytime, it's asking me now. Set up professional audio and audio settings. Yeah, sounds good. Mine just puts up a note that says, "Please stop." <laughs> mine's like you're so good do you want to set up professional <laughs> yeah. yeah mine is like remember when your parents told you in like fourth grade that this was not your thing listen to them oh it's a sad story yeah well let's go to post-graduation so we're after graduation now first person who goes up to Noel is Javier yep he's gonna bring a cheerful note if Seattle doesn't work out, you always have a job at Dean and DeLuca. Hmm. And I was like, thanks, dude. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, might be a more relevant job offer yeah, than he realizes in that moment. <laughs> yep. Now, hmm. Ruby's going to come yeah. up and congratulate, congratulate Noel. And Noel just at. Well, he tries to ask her and she reads between the lines of like, are you here? Because she's like, yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I came here to see if we had a chance. Like, because I have a thing. Like, we're are we? Are we a thing? Um, she's, she's here with a, a bigger mission. Yes. She had, she had an agenda. She wanted to find something out. And um, she found out. She's like, we don't. Because you're in love with Felicity. Yeah. There's not much he can say to that. And, you know, if you're if you're her in this situation, I think this is going to read pretty cool. She was always pretty good at reading people. Um, sometimes not great at reading herself. I was going to say the same but, thing. Like, she was really good at observing situations and seeing them for what they were. And if you're Ruby, the last time you saw these people it looked like they were in love mm -hmm. or that there were feelings there. Maybe I shouldn't say in love. It looked like there were feelings there. There was a much bigger picture there. And then she sees this fight and it's like, it's got to read as a continuation of what she left off, you know? Yeah. Um, we, we also have to remember she walks into the room after they just had that fight. Yeah. So however Noel was feeling, she's probably seeing it all over his face yeah that's a good point i mean if you're anybody else who's had like the noise of all the other stuff that's happened across the year maybe it blends in and it's hard to see what it is but yeah ruby's got the advantage of dropping out of this whole piece of their world that could have created that confusion and then just like seeing from point to point that things haven't changed. Yeah. I don't know. And then we're going to get Ben and Felicity are standing together and Noel's going to come over and say, can I talk to you for a minute? 
which I gave an award as the last, can I talk to you for a minute, of the season. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. We'll see how that uh, that works out for me. I like that award. I'm going to have an award later, but I like that you awarded that because somebody needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so Felicity and Noel are going to do a bit of a walk and talk. Mm-hmm. Noel is going to apologize. Felicity is going to understand. This conversation would have gone very differently if she had not had the conversation with Pavone. So I would yes. like to thank Pavone for intercepting. Mm-hmm. The time she did. And helping to steer this conversation to a healthier place. Um, but yeah, as Noel apologizes, Felicity's like, you know what? I get it. I do wish I could change things. I was being selfish. Correct. Oh, good. Well done, Felicity. Nice. And then Noel's mom is going to join yeah. the party. Yeah. I was going to say she's going to photobomb, but the, it's not what we mean by photobomb. It means she's going to come and blow things up while taking a photo. This is awkward. Um, Moms, why? Why? They do um, this. What is why this? Do they, why do they do this? What would make somebody think that this is in any way okay? It's uh, not. Noel introduces Felicity. <laughs> Noel's mom's like, the Felicity Porter? <laughs> We have heard I so have much about you. Hearing your name for years. Noel's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Let me take a picture of you guys together. It's not necessary. Come on, smile. Oh, Mom. that was perfect. Yeah. Um wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just leaves. It it's is like, Thanks, Ma. The the actress who got to play Noel's mom here. Must have known how horrible this was, but was so excited about her lines. She was just like, how can I make this big? Yeah. How can I make it huge? How can I make it so it's so embarrassing? Yeah. And it worked. It did. Good job. Good job on her. So that's awkward. After the awkwardness, she's just going to be like, good luck in Seattle. I was like, good luck in New York. (laughs) Yep. That was such a weird way to end that if that had been the ending of their friendship. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) It's actually kind of awesome, but I would never want that to happen to me. Um, So now Felicity is going to be packing her apartment up. Yeah. And why does this not surprise me? Ben comes in and you know, he's just laying it out. He's like, yeah, I just never thought about what was going to be next. And he starts talking about the EMT program again. And he's you, like, you know, it sounds like graduation. Noel's graduation sparked this even more. But I, he, I think he's been thinking about this nonstop continuously since oh, yeah. the moment he got the offer. Absolutely. Even mm-hmm. though he's tried to turn it down twice. Yeah. And he wants to ask her to come with him. And oh, by the way, we have to leave tomorrow. But mm-hmm. this does not surprise me. This does not surprise me at all. Yeah. This would drive me absolutely up the wall. But, you know, all right. Look, we all have our positives and our negatives. And um, Felicity, she's going to roll with it. She's I like, think right. that if 
they had had, did we say that they had five episodes? Uh, no, yeah. Six, five, six episodes in the back half of the season. I think that this was something that might have gotten fleshed out a tiny bit more <laughs> if they had had a couple more episodes. Like maybe the episode before we would have heard about. The... But I feel like this is what Ben does. Well, so like last season. He's like, just come on the road trip. Just come with me. It doesn't matter. We're leaving tomorrow. But Felicity had the situation happen last year. So the way they handled it last season was um, they did spend the entire finale episode doing the will she, won't she. But I think like the last line. No, I think they spent this penultimate episode setting up that she was trying to get the internship offer. Because mm-hmm. she had missed the final and Ben uh, yes. got the professor to let her take it. And then at the very end of the episode, Felicity says to Ben, she offered me the internship. And he says, are you going to take it? So we had the whole episode before to set up that they were trying to get this opportunity. And then the entire last episode was spent, will she, won't she? So this, they condensed it all into one episode. And I feel like it needed to. No, I think they did it well this way because he was so like, you know, feeling bad about himself and saying he definitely wasn't going to do it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, he like says stuff and then he'll change his mind and it'll be like tomorrow. I mean, it it just reads so Ben to me. It does. I think it might've been handy. Again, I don't think they had the time to do this because they didn't have the episode count they needed. But if like last, the episode before this, they could have had Ben receiving calls and declining them. At least one. I guess. Um, So that you knew like this was something. It still would. I mean, it still would have just been like. Yeah. So you know. it was fine for you that it was all condensed. Yeah. Okay. I think it. I think it's actually better this okay. way. It's kind of the way I feel about Avery, right? If we'd gotten like that many more episodes of Avery, it wouldn't have been so like intensely Avery, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten the feeling. And yeah. for me, it's like this is so intensely Ben, and it's sprung on her, yeah. like all in the same episode, and it just feels very jarring. Yeah. And I feel like that's how it would feel. Okay. So Ben is obviously angling towards the EMT program and he says, would you go with me? I mean, she was already going to go to Colorado with him when that fell through. But with this though, the way that he explained the program, he was like, it's intensive. It's like, did he say 18 hours a day, which seems unrealistic, but, but it's, it's long days where you're only seeing the people in your program. Um, and she'd just be in Kansas City. So this, I don't know if she like really has a plan for what Kansas City could look like for her when she's still not with Ben. Um, no, I don't she, think she's had any time to yeah. really think a lot of that through. But like my point about her, she was already going to go to Colorado. It's like she was already going to Colorado to follow him. Mm-hmm. And then when that fell through there was like an opportunity for her, but then she can't do that because of Ben and Noel and her. Mm -hmm. And then now they're going to go camping, 
but now they're not going to go camping because of Ben who has to leave tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you come? And it's like, if she had gone with him, I just would have had to slap her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she says to him, you know, I can't go. And then he starts to be like, okay, well then I won't go. And she's like, no, but you should. And he doesn't want to be a part, but she says, yeah, but do you need to do this? I can tell that you need to do this. And Ben says, I'll miss you. She says me too. For me, um, she said the right things here. Yeah. I mean, she said, I'll just be guilty that you're not going if we go camping together. So she's saying like, it's like camping's not really an option anymore. You have to go do this. Yeah. And then when they're going to hug and we're going to see the vein. But I do think like, this isn't just your run of the mill. Um, You know, if I asked you to stay here with me, then I'd feel guilty. Attached to it is, so there was this really traumatic moment and I saw somebody die and it came back to life. And instead of being traumatized forever, I was like, this might tell me what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I don't need to do that. It's fine. What? (laughs) I'd be really bad at it and there's (laughs) no way and oh, Ben. Oh, yeah, Benjamin. this is, you know, I'm glad that she saw this for what it is and um, realized how important the stuff he was dropping on her actually was. Yeah. And, you know, is taking this stance because it would have been bad if she, if he didn't do this stuff because of her. Um, yeah. That would have eventually been a problem in their relationship, I think. Just like her not taking the internship would have been bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so, we're going to get to an Elena DeForest scene. And see, sure. so I thought that we were coming very close to the end of the episode a couple scenes ago. And I gave an award out for the last, can I talk to you, um, moment. And I did a little too soon. Because here again, Elena comes to DeForest's door and says, can I talk to you? Oh. And so the actual award for the actual last, can I talk to you, of the season goes to this. Okay. Yes. I see. Yeah. I see. Um, Okay. So Elena is, she has gone to DeForest's. They're going to have this conversation. DeForest already knows what this conversation is. Yeah. The writing the second, was on the wall. The second he <laughs> saw Tracy show up, he yeah. was like, it's over. He was like, uh-huh. You're going back with Tracy, right? <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. Elena yeah. says, I'm sorry. He's like, no, it's cool. Been through it a number of times. Good luck with Tracy. Hope I'll he makes s- you happy. Yeah. She's, she's like, but, 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 but really though, like, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt you. I care about you. I like you. Yeah, I didn't it. know that got this it. was going to happen. He's like, yeah. Totally got it. Yeah. Bup, 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 it's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's not prolong this. Yeah. And she's like, can you be mean? Please, <laughs> please be, please be mean. It's like, and, I don't want to be mean to you. And her face crumbles. And yet, and my heart. Um, I know, but it's a tough situation. 
you don't want to be DeForest here and stay in that role. Like, just let Elena get back with Tracy. (laughs) You don't want to be DeForest and you don't want to be Elena. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tracy actually is doing pretty good given everything that's happened. But like, in control of the situation. Um, Elena, you know, Elena's terrified about going back with Tracy. So, like, this is a step in that process. But in truth, they have created the safest possible space for her in DeForest. DeForest is so nice. DeForest is so fun. DeForest is only mean to himself. And while (laughs) I wish he weren't, that is a safe space for Elena to be in, at least for now. Um, Until him being mean to himself becomes a problem for both of them. But I, I just... They painted this picture of the sweetest possible man I know. who is so supportive, who at one point says, I'll be an assistant in your in your office when you're a doctor. Who says things, you know, like he's just so nice. And you can't hate DeForest, really. I mean, no. Even he's I so different from can't Tracy. hate DeForest, but you know what I can do? I can bring up our like almost never used segment where I say you're being too nice to someone and I'd like you to say some mean things about DeForest. Well, Good luck with that. I think it's a huge problem how little self-confidence he has. I I um that's going to be a problem for him. It's probably already an issue for him. It's going to be a problem for him and it's a problem he's going to bring into his relationships. So it's great that he's nice to you, but he needs to be nice to himself and he needs to believe in himself and, uh, and not be so protective of himself that he starts thwarting opportunities. So I definitely see that. And it's what breaks my heart about him. Yeah. Um, very good. You handled that very well, but they, like, they definitely gave us an opposite of I don't know if it's opposite of Tracy he's very different from Tracy uh he's very different from Tracy he he still has the like at least at the beginning he had the outward swagger right Mm -hmm. but um yeah I mean he's smart he's uh studying to be a doctor he's a black man they're of the same age and you'd think like they have they would have a fair amount in common but just like really at a deep personal level tracy has the confidence the like inner confidence and he has the he's got these convictions and he believes in them you know not just like his faith, but like about himself and about life and about who he wants to be and his worth. And it is, it's heartbreaking to see that, that DeForest doesn't have those things. And I think that, you know, if I look at the dynamic that Elena has with each of these men with Tracy, I think a main underlying feature is competition. And with DeForest, I think it's support. Um, I think that DeForest actually, I think he actively tries to remove himself from competition with Elena. Yeah, I mean, I would say 
the competition aspect with Tracy is more foreplay than anything else. Mm -hmm. I think that their like underlying relationship really was built on love and that they do like the competition is only to help each other to succeed and they expect a lot from themselves and then help each other in that way. Um, But, you know, and and Tracy's not going to shy away from her. He's going to be an equal. Yeah. You know, he's so I don't know. I, I feel like it's not that they're not it's not that Tracy isn't supportive of Elena and he absolutely hundred percent is. Um, it's just, they had this fundamental discord ah. around wow. faith, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, let's head back to the loft. So Has- we're heading to the loft. However, this is the second time I noticed it. Why is there some weird like wedding cake sculpture in the room? Hmm. And also a door. I'm confused. I thought they were like up in his loft. But I I guess. I didn't notice. Yeah, she comes in through a door and there's this this really weird like five tier wedding cake. Maybe foreshadowing for the end of the episode. I don't know. I'm not clear on that. I didn't notice it. Strange. Um, Sean has decided what they're going to do. Yeah, he's inherited the camping gear from Felicity. He's like, I've got a plan, Megan. We'll go camping. And Felicity, you'll stay at the loft. Megan's not loving it. I mean, she doesn't strike me as the outdoor fun kind of girl. But she's like, yeah, we could do this. And she sits down and starts looking at all the stuff he's showing her. Mm-hmm. She's looking at the bug spray and the flashlight to see the bugs and the dehydrated food. And she's just like really painting a bleak picture <laughs> of having to use all of these items. And Sean's seeing her point as she starts to list them off. Yeah, I mean, he looks at the stove, which is, you know, just like a very small metal round canister. Uh And she's like, you know, we could just eat the dehydrated food. And he's getting the sense that perhaps neither of them are going to be able to create any kind of good experience out in the wilderness with each other. Uh However, I would watch this reality show. This would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, I think we got a little taste of it when we saw the the sit-in with Megan, like trying, hogging the bathroom while there <laughs> were a hundred or more people trying to use it. Um, That's fair, but there's not going to be a bathroom. I mean, true. or there will be infinite bathrooms. Depending on how you look at it, I think she will look at zero bathrooms in that situation. Um, so Sean is really reflecting all this. He's taking it in. He says, um, so there is a personal chef in Switzerland, isn't there? And Megan's like, yeah, sure is. (laughs) But what about all that stuff about, you know, being emasculated and 
wanting to be able to pay for it. Sean offers to pay for the cab to get to the airport. Megan's like, yep, deal. Cool. We got it. I loved Mandy Foreman in that moment. Which is like, but hold on. What about the emasculation of it all? Yeah. I mean, you're, you know, I don't, don't, I, I want you to be able to, he's like, pay for the cab. She's like, yeah, that'll do. I, I don't know. I just <laughs> loved her delivery of it. It was so good. Yep. And other people taking a cab. <laughs> uh, Felicity and Ben, there's going to be a goodbye happening. He's at the cab. He's getting into it. He's saying, oh, we'll, we'll be okay. But he's he has to say this one thing just to plant the seed for us. He's like, I'm, I'll probably, I'll get to the airport. I'm going to come right back. That's probably what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, they say their goodbye. There's a nice goodbye kiss. There is. And, um, you know, just keep that potential of him coming back in your mind for a moment. Uh, As we go yeah. back to the tape. Yeah. Noel is leaving a dear Felicity tape with her recorder. He stole her recorder. He must have. Must have. Who has these? Um, no one. At least at that time. So he's leaving that. We're, we're going to hear this as a voiceover. And um, we're seeing at the same time as his voiceover, we're seeing that he has left a time capsule for Felicity on her bed that she walks into her bedroom and sees it. Hey, Noel, this is not no contact. <sighs> Leaving her this tape and a homemade time capsule saying that you actually know that you will get through this. This is the definition of mixed messaging like if you look it up in the dictionary it has a picture of noel's face this tape and the time capsule under it yeah it's it's a couple quotes that say time apart is important here but let's stay friends uh what i don't know have great summer i'll miss you meanwhile this time capsule includes things like the gun from assassins (laughs) yes uh, a photo that was ball. used in the force, uh, like a group photo, the magic eight ball boggle. Yes. A bunch of Felicity for president pins. But like, remember boggle was their first kiss. Sure was. Yeah. I mean, fish. I, I know. I just, he's got a problem. Here's the thing. It's like, he's trying to say goodbye but he really doesn't want to. And let's be clear. Noel is everybody. This is very, very common. And it is why it is frustrating for us when we hear friends be like, I don't want to be with this person anymore, but I do, but I don't, but I do, but I don't. You're just like every day with this. Um, And the first couple of times you're like, it sounds like he's not good for you. And then you're like, oh, three years later. No, this is just it. This is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever I say here doesn't matter. I can either not be privy to these conversations or I can accept the fact that we're always going to have a conversation like this. Um, Noel is that person who is everybody. You know, it's just like a lot of people do this. And he yep. is doing it in, you might say, pretty over the top ways. <laughs> But I'm not sure it's actually that over the top. I think this is how we do it. When no, we're... I don't think everyone leaves 
a tape with a time capsule and like mementos of your first kiss while trying to say goodbye. But I also think that this is his graduation and he thinks he actually is saying goodbye. So I think it's coupled with this. This does feel like a milestone moment sort of thing. But I think in ordinary situations, it looks like some of the other stuff that he's done where it's like trying to set limits, but then helping at Dean and DeLuca because you need help today. And um, like, I I think that there's always a reason we come up with why, well, if I just do this. Yeah, but it also looks a lot like the breakup kit. Like he creates these things, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot like, and you'll still have this for our kids in the future when we get over this. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Noel. It's a lot. I I think um, somebody needs to get through to this man because he's not doing it himself. But he gets it, though, is the thing. Like, he logically understands what he should be doing, and then he cannot execute it. And that's the hard part. I relate to that. I relate to that very much. But, like, this is Tyra Banks all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a really good parallel. Like he being knew that he self-aware. Was being yeah, yeah, being self-aware is not helpful if you're just like, meh, I'm gonna do it anyway. Being self-aware, like, is is often a curse. I in fact I think that was a line from Bull Durham, like self-awareness <laughs> is like a curse. Um that I, I used to as a gymnast, I used to be really afraid of a lot of skills and coaches. I had a coach who just just knew to stop asking me what the worst thing that could happen was. It was like, ah, yes, I've worked this out. So if I, if my foot slips off the board and I smash my face into the horse and then I can't get enough rotation and I land on my neck and I'm paralyzed for the rest of my life, they'd be like, yeah, never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Just go do it. I will spot you. You know, it was like, um, you can, I think you, just because you can analyze a situation and call it for what it is and label it all by name does not mean that you are over it it doesn't mean that your emotions aren't affected it just it doesn't mean anything um you could be paralyzed for life and yet how many times did you do that in your career as a gymnast yeah exactly yeah like i had to do there were skills that i was afraid of every day 10 times a day uh for years and years and see that's the positive side of it Noel here is the negative side of it. And I don't know that that's the positive side of it either, because then you're still sort of tortured every time you do something. I think with Noel, I do, I imagine that there are some people that when you can have a realization about something, it shifts something for you. But Noel is not one of those people. Yeah, but on your side, it was like you were scared of something, but you pushed through it you had like courage or faith or whatever, you know, blind trust in your spotter, um, a wanton disregard for life and limb. I think it's really that because in my situation, you know, sometimes they say, and we'd say it a lot in that sport, like if something scares you, do it a bunch of times so that you're not scared of it anymore. And that didn't actually work for me because the stuff that made me nervous made me nervous every time because the potential of injury was still there. Um, yes. like physical harm to myself was very real. So I, 
if something, if I learned that I should be afraid of a skill, it's probably because I did something bad in the past that almost got me hurt or did get me hurt. And so like the pushing through it while I pushed through it and did what I was supposed to do didn't necessarily lessen um, no, my but the thing concern. Is, would you, would you take it back? I mean, would you not be a gymnast? My I might, <laughs> if I'm being very honest, but that's a whole other podcast fish. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, like I, I think there were good things about it for sure, but I also, um, maybe should have been a dancer. Hmm. All I'm saying, uh, that was the part I liked the most about gymnastics. So, uh, just for what it's worth. So I don't know, but there were a lot of interesting and cool life experiences that I had because of the path that I took. So there's that, but I think some of the reasons why I continued in that sport, mm, I don't know. It would have been nice if there would have been a better way. So that's all I'm saying. Well, maybe it is a closer parallel than I thought. Yeah. I don't know. I think with Noel, I I do think like my, I guess my way of looking at Noel here is that I do think he's a, he's a person who, um, will be able to call by name what he's doing and what he's experiencing and that will not help him. Yeah. And so he has to find some other way through it. That's going to be more effective than what he's currently doing because he's creating really bad patterns like moving to Seattle. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Well, let's go to Elena packing. Well, let, but he ends the tape with love, Noel. Yeah, he does. He does. Mm. Sure does. So now let's go to Elena packing. Tracy's going to, she's in her room and Tracy's going to come in because I guess they're not locking their door anymore. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, that what was What the hell? Upset. I wrote that down. I was like, how did he get in? Uh-huh. How did he get in? Have you learned nothing? I know. Nothing from being like everyone coming in at the wrong time, guy coming in, shooting people in your apartment. What is wrong with you people? In fact, maybe the last time he was actually in this apartment, somebody was shot. I'm not sure if there was a scene anywhere between he he went to her door to give her the letter, but has he actually been in her apartment since I can't remember. I don't think so. So, um, so there's this whole point about, yeah, yeah, maybe you should lock your doors. Yeah. Um, there's this whole point about maybe he should have called, uh, he just shows up. He stands in the hallway and he said, ha told you I'm not giving up on you yeah elena points out so uh, tracy makes mention of defarge she's like i'm not dating defarge anymore tracy is clearly stoked yeah he does like a half dance move yeah it's a half dance move for sure but then elena's like the man did have confidence like he has confidence he showed up like he drops the letter sees the guy talks to her she says no he shows up in her apartment and like, just say comes prepared. Yeah. So she says, don't read into this. Just because I'm not with DeForest anymore does not mean I want you to be my boyfriend. Um, Good. Yeah. Which confuses Elena. Which did not confuse me. 
Tracy comes all the way and he says, I, I think it's because I don't want to be your boyfriend. I want to be your husband. He gets down on one knee. And, and she cries Elena. and faints. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't know about these two. So. Yeah. Remember when I said the compromise is to get married? I don't know that this is really the situation that I was envisioning for like the the actual perfect compromise like she just broke up with the forest like he he like drops this letter on her like it couldn't have been that long ago he broke up with rose and, and she is he's, feeling he's, admittedly unsafe in the relationship so like yeah and also they haven't been dating no no they have not there are some things that you could question here. This is a this is a proposal very much yeah. out of the blue. Seemingly. Yeah. Um so now we're going to go to the loft where Felicity is eating toast and I'd like to give an award because Felicity <laughs> is actually eating toast. Oh my gosh. Couldn't believe it. She Amazing. puts it in her mouth. She takes a bite. She's chewing it. Wow. I was floored. I didn't notice. It was great. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Award for the last. Can I talk to you? And the first. Felicity. Harry Russell eats something. Yeah. Um, Which is Amazing. funny because I've heard a lot of people say like, I, I remember hearing some sort of interview with other cast members from the Americans and they were like yeah when we'd have like craft services when we'd have lunch you just like eat cake all the time <laughs> like I, I just love it I love it so much that just like when she's not being Felicity in the scene having to do 20 takes she's yeah. very comfortable to have a slice of cake or like you know you see like pictures of like tabloid pictures of her she she and her husband getting ice cream with her kids and she's just licking the ice cream I'm like this feels wholesome <laughs> I I guess it's just if you had to do 10 takes of something how much of yeah. it would you want to eat and so she's cautious mm-hmm. uh for I guess she got burned once and she yeah. was like never again not again so she's folding clothes and then we see the the knob of the door jiggle a little mm-hmm. to get into the loft and we remember that Ben said I might come back that's probably what's going to happen. I'll freak out. I'll come back. And you think, who's going to come bursting through that door? Surely it's going to be Ben, but no. It's Noel. Yeah, it is. Because uh, the internet is dead. His project has been canceled. Mm-hmm. How much does that suck? Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. He's like, wait a minute weren't you going camping yeah she's like nope that didn't happen so guess who's stuck in the loft together all summer guess yeah who needs to get an airbnb mm-hmm. but instead felicity is going to fulfill her fantasy she says she wanted to go get some ice cream and noel and smiles and then we see them with ice cream she doesn't eat it but she holds it 
Sure does. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh, the train wrecks that are coming. Yeah. So many train wrecks. Um, I mean, it. what I think is interesting about the way... So this is a season finale. And it's funny because the season one season finale was very on the nose. Ben versus Noel. Road trip or Berlin. This, for as much time as elapsed, is a much more subtle version of Ben or Noel. Because, to me, because she's with Ben, mm-hmm. but she's spending a whole summer with Noel. Mm-hmm. Living in the same place as him. So, like, him coming back in through the door suddenly throws a lot more back into question. Like, well, what's going to happen now? What's gonna, what's Ben going to be like when he comes back from this opportunity that he has? Um, what What's it going to be? What's the dynamic between Felicity and Noel going to be like after a whole summer? And I just, I, I do really like creative way they addressed a Ben versus Noel without actually making it an either or question for her to decide. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of the, the central thesis statement of the show and yet, and yet we think it's answered already. And it's turns out here we are, you know, like this is the person she's spending the summer with. Yeah. Um, God, I hope she mentions to Ben <laughs> what's going on. Maybe she goes and spends some time with her mom. Uh, maybe Noel goes home. Like, somebody leave the loft. Leave the loft. Because it's the first the first season, Ben or Noel, she could have picked either one. And like that I don't want to say it would have been okay, but like she wasn't dating one of them. This time, if it ends up being Noel, it's pretty shady. After yeah. she's just like said all this stuff to Ben about, you know, we'll be fine and you have to go do this. And yeah. Oh, there, there it, it feels much more dangerous. It does. And I think that's what makes this a really good cliffhanger because it's not, it's not a cliff, you know, some shows will do a cliffhanger where you just like your hands are covering your face in shock and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Um, this doesn't feel that way to me. It feels a lot subtler, but it's like the time they've invested in these relationships makes the stakes feel a little higher. And they don't have to call it by name. They just need to leave these people in this situation and have you go, what's that going to be like after a few months? Yeah. I would say it moves from like my upper chest, like, Oh my God, what's going to happen to like the bottom of my stomach? Like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me want to know where this is going to be when the show resumes in season four. So I think, um, you know, I think they really 
left a they had very pertinent storylines here that kind of all make you wonder what things will be like three months later for these people yeah last time we got a three months later we got avery so yeah mm. so fish mm-hmm. it's time to find out who's the worst are you ready for the you're the worst segment i am okay so this one's a little different than some of the other ones but um i felt like it fit for this episode so unrequited love you're the worst we have been watching you slowly kill noel this whole season you've created anger and sadness and grief it has been so painful to watch the manipulation and cruelty and ugliness that you brought out in noel not to mention the ridiculous tension with ben and now you're coming for two of the nicest sweetest people on the show deforest and ruby how dare you make ruby pine all season long for noel and keep her baby away from us when she could have been doing all kinds of kick-ass things like being a ninja and knocking out the new york city power grid and DeForest, how could you do him so dirty again and again? I get it. We all want to see the train wreck that will be Elena and Tracy getting engaged under these circumstances. But that poor man, he opened the door to Elena completely resigned to being kicked to the curb because he's been hurt by you so many times before you suck unrequited love you are so the worst you're here yep. unrequited love you're the worst that's it it is i like that you went abstract yeah good stuff well fish it's time to head to our favorite segment <gasps> After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Yay. We've got a few here. Uh, first, DeForest. Mm-hmm. From at Queen Shalana 75. Woo, they just put my girl in any storyline. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think he's a rebound. Yeah. I'm I'm not as against DeForest as I am against some of her other love interests. Ben, Blair. And a season four situation. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we also have Aunt Justina who says DeForest was more mature about things than I would have been. I think think this is his uh keenan's only his only dramatic role to date he was so kind and soft-spoken is this his only dramatic role to date um do you know of anything else fish hmm. everything a i've seen him in this has been stuff, yeah i mean he's done a lot of like keenan and kel and saturday night live and mm-hmm. like good burger um 
I feel like he hasn't done that many movies. Yeah. There might be stuff that I'm missing out on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I'm having a hard time thinking of anything else Fistina myself. Um sounds like fishes too, but yeah, DeForest more mature than we would have been. Kind and soft spoken. Yeah. That's kind of what makes it so hard. I mean, there's mature and then there's resigned. Yeah, that's which a good actually one. I think comes from a place of not loving and valuing yourself, which mm-hmm. to me doesn't seem that mature. Seems yeah, that like is something... the tricky part. I think his behavior appears to be mature, but it's coming from a place of deep vulnerability and insecurity yeah. um, that I would like to see him work on. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah. Now we've got one more quick comment from at K underscore Dreezy. Dr. Pavone had the best advice. Mm. I just wanted to bring that in here because Pavone's the best. I mean, boy, did we need her in this episode because if not for Pavone, some of these conversations with Felicity and Noel would have been way worse. (laughs) Particularly the one at his graduation would have been horrific. Yeah. I think that's yeah i mean i like that pavone has this technique with felicity and she did it in season two as well where felicity's like i mean he thinks i'm selfish i'm not selfish am i and pavone's like yeah <laughs> yeah you are you know it's just like disrupt <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's just um and if felicity was asking the question she probably knew what pavone would say but she needed to hear it. You think? I don't know. Maybe. I feel like Pavone blindsides her with the truth a lot of the time. That could be. Either way, it seems to be a pretty efficient system for them. Look how quickly she got results of listening here. <laughs> Again, buyer beware, because, you know, once Noel's job falls through, everything is thrown back up into the air. But, hmm. I mean or we think it could be anyway, you know, like all that work she did around the grieving process and explaining it. Who needs that? (laughs) I mean, in all fairness, right after that Felicity went back to denial. So yeah, true. Very true. Well, all right, fish time for us to rate the episode. Did you want to jump in or how'd you want to do it? No. All right. I, I'll keep it simple. I am rating this one in the unit of EMT programs. Huh. Yeah. Well, it was, it was one of my more obvious ratings, I think. Um, and you're not going to believe a fish. 10 out of 10. <gasps> I wow. definitely did not know that this was going to be a 10 out of 10. I don't know if I thought that there were any 10 out of 10 episodes in three or, in season three or four. But when I first rated this, I put 10 out of 10 on my page. And then I thought after we talk, I can always work it down if I don't feel it (laughs) deserves it. And I still want to keep it 10 out of 10. Because I think it's a really good cliffhanger without being an over the top, 
things are exploding cliffhanger. <laughs> and I think it's very real. And I think in this episode, every single person's story, like every major storyline felt purposeful and earned in terms of like where those characters are at and their dynamics with each other. So I don't know. I liked it way more than I knew I liked it way more than I remembered. And there are a lot of really good little moments too. If you listen in, I love the pulling in of all the doctor's wick stuff. Um, (laughs) And that's just a little thing, but you know, I think as frustrated as I am with Felicity in this episode, I think it's very true to who she is and what she'd be doing here. I think it's, I think it's true of everybody. I'm very intrigued by Ben and the way he's evolving and what on earth is that going to do to this trio? Because the trio worked when they were all exactly who they were. So now what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, what happens? Um, I don't know. I think that was cool. Good episode. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I would say when I finished watching it, I wasn't like through the roof about it but you know when we talk through it and I do look at all of the little scenes that come together I do agree that that they are really good I mean I I get frustrated with Felicity right Mm -hmm. um and Noel and Ben and I was a little upset that Ruby's baby coming was very anticlimactic. It was not at all as I had imagined. I did love all of the Sean and Megan stuff. I thought that was great. Um, And I mean, you know that I like Tracy. I mean, I like DeForest, but I really like Tracy. So I like having him back. I think he's going to make things interesting, hard, you know. Um, I, I mean, the, the Dr. Pavone stuff was okay. I don't think it was as impactful as some of the other stuff she had said, um, since Felicity just kind of ignored it all. But, I mean, somebody should have said <laughs> said the things that she's saying. I don't know. The whole back and forth with, like, what are we going to do this summer? And then, like, all the plans just get all messed up and fall through and change. And then you end with, you know, Felicity and Noel in the apartment. It, it did feel a bit contrived to me. And I did not like the whole tape thing with Noel. That bugged me. Um, so, I mean, overall, I liked it better. I liked it better knowing that Molly is never going to show up again. Like it, it gets a bump for that. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe I'd have to watch it again, but I'll give it like a, I'm going to give it like a whole point bump for Molly never showing up again. And I'll give it a nine. I may have put my thumb on the scale a little bit by telling you that Molly's <laughs> never showing up again. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little bit. I 
but yeah. it wasn't an intentional thing that I did. It's okay. Um, it's, you know, it's our podcast. We can do what we want to do. Watch her um, show up in like season four, episode one. I'll be like, yeah, you lied to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. Nine out of 10 gloves for fish. 10 out of 10 EMT programs for me. But we want to know what you all think. Okay. So send us your feedback. Tell us. Tell us what you think. Email us at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and get into conversations with all kinds of Felicity fans at Felicity Podcast. Also, if you want to know when we drop a new podcast, you can find out by signing up for our newsletter. Wherever you're listening to this episode, just check your show notes and there'll be a link to sign up for our newsletter there. Now, you know what, Fish? I mean, every time I, you know, I wax poetic about rating and reviewing as if our audience <laughs> doesn't know what the big deal is. And I don't want to, I don't want to talk down to people anymore. I'm sure they already know that if they rate this episode that, you know, it helps it become more discoverable and people who didn't know we had this podcast could potentially find it. And if they review it, Maybe other Felicity fans can discover something and become part of the community. They don't need to hear that from me again. Smooth. Very smooth. You like that? (laughs) (laughs) Challenge thrown down. Um, Okay. So got to keep it interesting somehow, guys. Yeah. I mean, I was wondering... If it was a spoiler-free podcast. I've been meaning to ask you that for like three seasons. It is not spoiler-free, okay? Are you sure? Um, No, it's not spoiler-free. I am sure. It is not (laughs) spoiler-free. That's right. Um, Okay, what happens from here? Well, you know what, folks? It's the season finale, so you know what that means. First of all, first things first, we're going to do a season recap. So next week, look for a season recap from us where we talk about everything that happened in season three. That's what we're doing. And then yeah, take a little break before we come back for season four. And, you know, we'll open back up with an episode called The Declaration, which I feel like maybe we just have you talk through what you think that's going to be next time. Yeah. That um, can be part of my predictions. Yeah. I, I think your predictions kind of bake in that whole that whole spirit of things. So Uh, certainly a lot to come for us here, but we're looking forward to just condensing and recapping our thoughts about season three into one podcast and see what comes up for us. Um, you know, and especially with two seasons behind us already, it'll be fun to see how this compares, how this one stacks up. Exactly. Yeah. So anything else you wanted to point out about this one fish about the last summer ever? No, I think we can just talk through it in uh, in the season recap. And I don't know. I'm just so glad Molly's gone. Just so glad. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> well, until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.